the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Friday, November 5th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. They've got rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, all kinds of barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Mm-hmm. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, hot melted plastic, anything you could possibly make out of it. I love it. Put your dog in a holster. Might as well. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at odyssey.com. Headphones are their specialty. Whether you're gaming, in-studio recording, or podcasting, head over to odyssey.com, check them out on Facebook and Instagram, get all those needs met. Firearms. Absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. You like them? I like them. We've all got them. No, I don't. <laughs> to our ATF agents listening. Oh. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. He'll get you packing heat into the fall season. You go buy a shotgun from Mike and uh, catch your ter- own turkey for Thanksgiving based off of how expensive they are right now. What's left of it. Right. He's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger. And via the telephone at 619-870-6992. All of our first responders, police, fire, medic, they aren't mediocre medics, but they love MediocreMedic.com. You can find them on Instagram as well, whether you're getting a patch for your EMS bag or grabbing some sweatshirts, flip-flops, or fanny packs. Get over to MediocreMedic.com, see all the great stuff they've got to keep your first responders looking mighty fine. And last but not least, the Patch Father. Mark Joe Friday, dumpbox.us, home of the zero fuck stuck. If you don't know, message Mark. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, and they're at dumpbox.us. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, our website, Telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast Podcast. I'm Roan. Noah's here. What's happening? The lovely Miss Antoinette's here as well. Hello, hello. We're going to have some of our favorite friend accounts coming up very shortly. But first, we've got a special treat. Joining us today first on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast, first time on the show, he's the editor-in-chief of the National Pulse, also the co-founder of The War Room, Mr. Raheem Kassam. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I like the way you say first time because you you now commit me to doing more without any say so. So that's told, a good tactic. Told yes. you it would work. Yes. <laughs> told you it would work. Oh man, how are you doing, sir? 
I'm doing remarkably well, considering all the things that we're suffering and considering that I'm back in my least favorite place in the world, uh, Washington, D.C. But uh, we I think, you know, there are there are victories now slowly, slowly ebbing through. So I think there is there is cause for optimism, um, but there is no cause for complacency. Yeah, that's definitely a, a valid point that you make all the way from being in one of the worst places in the world, which is Washington, D.C. right now, all the way up through the minor victories that we're notching on a seemingly uh, consistent level. A lot going on in D.C. Lots. A lot of bullshit. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> Raheem, first thing we want to ask you about, which is one of your babies, the National Pulse. Um, mm. You've done some excellent work there uh, as a journalist, statistician, pollster, just bringing some of the things that the rest of the media don't want to even touch and doing so uh, with so much depth that it's just been awesome to follow. How are things going over there? Yeah, I mean, look, I got to tell you, the National Pulse would be nothing uh, uh, if not for my podcast co-host, Natalie Winters. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the uh, the heavy lifter on the research side and the investigative side. I just kind of do the I, I just kind of do this. Right. I just appear on other people's shows and and hype her. Um, it's going very well. Um, we're growing now as a, as a site. Uh, I've never intended to kind of run an, an, a news empire of any, any sort. So we, we will remain boutique and, and focused on unique investigations and, and things that we think are out of the news that need to be more in the news angles that we think are not being covered. For instance, one of the things, uh, we're going to be publishing probably later today is, um, you know, what exactly is going on to senators, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema when they go out and try and live their lives as normal human beings. Because I think we, we all see these clips on social media or whatever, but the way the left kind of memes stories into existence and take let's take the, you know, the, the PP dossier as an example, mm-hmm. is that they will actually do just long form reporting over and over and over on these things until their television networks then pick them up. And then they become these huge uh, overarching narratives. And we, we fail to do that on our side. We kind of live for the, the meme moment and uh, we fail to recognize that actually in order to make a story stick, you have to have a long fo- uh, a long form version as well as a short form version. You have to have uh, sites with, with with gravity, gravitas and and um, you know distinction about them. To, that's why we built the National Pulse to, to look the way it looks. You know, it looks a little bit like the Financial Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and whether we all know that that's bullshit, right? We all know that that's just marketing, but unfortunately for, for, and I'll say this in two ways for the average American, um, but also for the average person around the world, that still, that still does matter. So you got to present it in the right ways too. So yeah, we're growing. We have a podcast that I do, you know, whenever I can be bothered. Um, and, uh, I'm really grateful because, you know, we are people powered completely. We don't have any foundational grants or corporate sponsors. We don't not got no rich people writing us big checks. We, we, we have 3,800 and something members who pay us an average of $8 a month to keep us going. And so we are, we're just so grateful for the people who do that. And just imagine that with those, like you say, limited resources that you have, albeit loyal ones, you, you're bringing aspects of the news that aren't being reported virtually anywhere else yeah 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 and that you know that's what and that's what newspapers used to be right people used to subscribe to the papers and and they would subscribe based on how good the information was or, or or how much you know it appealed to a certain audience 
And then, of course, along came the big advertisers and, and, you know, the Pfizer's of the world. And now the New York Times doesn't have to worry about actually writing decent content because somebody right. else is writing it, not the public. Yeah, exactly. they, could, they just try to rewrite history on a well, they get basis. paid. They get paid to say whatever they're supposed to say now. Right. Well, people don't even remember that the New York Times, you know, was was a Holocaust denying paper. Yep. You know, the New York Times um, uh, was outwardly in favor of slavery. Uh, they yeah. articles after articles condemning Republicans for trying to bring slavery to an end. I've, I've I've written about this extensively, but it's so frustrating when we when we when we critique these places that we don't even get to talk about their their morally bankrupt history. Well, I mean, why should these people even be allowed to exist anymore? You know, based on the left standards, they should be canceled. Right. Well, okay. yeah, but if it's people on your team that are doing that stuff, you just firmly put your fingers in your ear and go, no, 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 and you just ignore it. <laughs> no, I think we should project it onto the New York Times building in, in Manhattan, you know? <laughs> That'd be great. For sure, I agree. I have a projector. Yeah. A whole bunch of Most people don't know about this shit, old articles. You know? Yeah, it's no, they, and even if they do, they just completely overlook it. Well, it's like, well, yes, they did yeah. deny the Holocaust, and yes, you know, they were pro-slavery, but now they're saying the country was, was founded. Right, the country was founded on <laughs> slavery and, and all that other shit that comes out of that. Could you paper. imagine renting office space across the street and actually, like, shooting a projector across the, across the way out of the building. Just a, a slideshow. Now you're going to know just how serious I am about this. There's a there's a billboard right next to the New York oh. Times building, on the building next door to it, that oh, people shit. do actually rent out to attack the New York Times on certain issues. And I'm thinking of just putting, like, Natalie's face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> on the New York Times to say, Natalie Winters is watching you, you know, and, they, and then go to this website to learn more about the real history of the New York Times. That'd be amazing troll. <laughs> but before we get on to some of the topics that are affecting the country right now, I, I want to stay on that real quick in regards to Natalie. Now I know we're talking to you today and we're super excited too, but she is like a diamond in the rough came out of nowhere. Um, and is like you said, she does that legwork. She is the grunt of the pair of you guys. And uh, what's it been like working with someone who's so young and so into it in regards to having her finger on the pulse of what, like, not only the real issues are, but the work that it takes to get to the bottom of those issues. Just hilarious, <laughs> you know, just hilarious every day that this 20-year-old girl is yeah. bringing me stories over and over and just putting the rest of the media to shame. I, I laugh about it every single day. Because a lot of my friends in this town are, are reporters. I have a lot of liberal reporter friends in this town. And, and they, over the course of their two decade long careers in media, couldn't, couldn't, you know, hold a candle to Natalie Winters for a week, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I find that hilarious. It's stunning. It's shocking. It's an indictment of, of you know, uh, civil society and, and, and discourse in the Western world, quite frankly. <laughs> It's not an, not an insult to Natalie, but it's just, you know, when you've got yeah. the, when you have one person who is running rings around the rest of the corporate media class in terms of coverage of Chinese Communist Party, Wuhan, all of that, stunning. Yeah. Um, but it's also encouraging, right? Like, it's uh, that for a long time, I thought to myself, well, I might have to do this until I'm 95 years old. Like, I might be researching and writing till I'm dead. And then she comes along and I'm like, great, I can retire in like five years. That's wonderful. <laughs> nice. Um, but, but Especially I, somebody at her age, too, you know, in, in this climate, because you don't expect that, 
right now with the way kids are today. Or I'm she's not a kid, but you know what I mean. I'm 35, so when I say kid, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she still describes herself as a kid, you know. But um, and she's still in college. Yeah. But uh, it's great because now she's training people up around her, people of her age, and she's going to these conferences and having these events, and people are looking up to her and going, "I want to be like that," which is far better than looking and and trying to be like me. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. (laughs) Come on. Uh, believe me um so yeah it's 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 inspiring you know in a lot of ways definitely no that's amazing amazing yeah it sure is and and the work you guys have done together is is just like i've mentioned pretty incredible and and groundbreaking especially for you know some of the some of the news that you've been able to bring to the table and like everything from you know the stuff that's going on with coronavirus all the way up through the elections which is what i want to touch on first in regards to topics now we, we take a poll we've given it to everybody from news people like Christina Bob of OAN and um, Heather Mullins of, of Real America's Voice all the way up to congressional and, and gubernatorial candidates like Carrie Lake. <laughs> uh, the 2020 presidential election, how do you identify with your pronouns? Was it rigged and stolen, the crime of the century, or a case of unreturned diamonds? <laughs> um I, uh, I would go rigged and stolen. Nice. Uh, the election stolen. was rigged and stolen. It was a disgraceful election. It sure was. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, I think the crime, go the ahead. crime of the century is how little I'm paid. So. <laughs> you know, hopefully they haven't gotten away with it all the way yet. Mm. So where Ooh. we are right now with the election stuff, we've seen some huge developments in Wisconsin over the last 10 days. Um, obviously, we all know based off of the coverage that you guys did uh, off of the uh, Maricopa results and, and everything that came out of that. There's a new narrative going around. Well, it's kind of split that, you know, the whole audits and the stop the steal movement is kind of sputtering out mm-hmm. or this is all just another facet to what's eventually going to be the presentation that Mike Lindell brings to the Supreme Court in a few weeks here. Um, just based off of some of the research you've been able to do, I mean, you've got a little bit more of an inside vernacular than we do. What do you think is going on in, in all of these things that are happening with the, I mean, like I said, we, we cover this extensively on our show. We've saw what's gone on in Pennsylvania and Georgia where they've kind of either been put off or, you know, have to refile and, and things like that. But what do you think about the overall, the audit results and, and the investigations that are going on leading up to, uh, where's it going to be? It's a very difficult subject for me because <clears throat> I was probably one of the first to put a team of statisticians together to mm-hmm. start looking into the results as they were still coming out in Pennsylvania. Uh, we applied similar logics around the rest of the uh, country. I, I, I helped in a very small part to bring all of that stuff together and presented it all to uh, Dr. Peter Navarro. Mm-hmm. It became part of his Navarro report, which was three volumes worth. Um, and honestly, since since that point in time, which I guess was maybe what January or something, yeah. maybe uh, February. Early February. Um, I think I think the issue has run away with us a little bit. I think I think we may be spending a little bit too much. We're spinning our wheels a bit too hard on this thing, and that isn't to say that we shouldn't obviously care about it. We obviously should care about it. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, what yeah. happened. What happened last year was one of the most heinous things to ever happen um, to, to in, in modern um, uh, politics in, in modern society. Um, we all know it happened. Most of the country knows it happens. Most of the country doesn't believe that Biden's legitimate. Right. But what I mean when I say we're spinning our wheels too hard is we we we'd, we've. Let me take Sioux Falls as an example, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the cyber symposium as an example. 
My preference would be, especially for somebody like me, to be able to see all of the data, have access to this four terabytes or whatever it is, and, and be able to scrutinize as to whether or not this is going anywhere. Nobody wanted to give that to us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're on the same side, you know, right. but, but, but apparently we're not allowed to see this stuff. And that was, that was how many months ago now? And we're still waiting for this case to be. Now, look, I, I, there's not not one single scintilla iota of me that has anything against Mike Lindell or anything right. that he's trying to do. But I think I think what's going on here is um, bad people or lesser informed people or people who don't necessarily have the best interest of getting to it, getting to the bottom of it quickly, are just causing those wheels to keep spinning and keep spinning and keep. Spinning. I mean, look at the look at the uh, right. Arizona report. Yeah. I mean, it was watered down. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were several versions that were supposed to come out. So who's making these calls and why and what are the motivations behind this? And at right. the same time, there's an opportunity cost to everything, right? There's an opportunity cost in spending your time on that instead of spending your time on 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 something else that will help you, you know, get your election integrity back. For instance, I mean, why are they not why are they not, you know, real election integrity lobbying efforts going on on Capitol Hill every single day? Why are Republican congressmen and senators able to walk freely around Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. without happening to them what's happening to, uh, you know, their counterparts in the Democratic Party, whose base is constantly lobbying them for legislative right. changes? We don't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't. So we don't. It's almost like we, we love to complain. Right. And so we just take the least effective route to market for anything that we want so that we're just able to keep complaining. Um, and I know complaining's fun. I do it all the time. Yeah. Ask Natalie. Um, <laughs> but but it seems to me that we're doing this whole like circumnavigatory way of getting real election integrity in this country. And I I I just worry that if we keep if we keep doing it this way, the way it's currently being done, um, that it won't be solved in time for the next election. And if yeah. it's not solved in time for the next election, you better kiss you better kiss this country goodbye. Um, so it's frustrating to me. Um, I, I feel a little hard done by as one of the progenitors of, 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 of audits and the idea of audits. I was doing hour long shows about this in advance of the election. Mm-hmm. I was telling people who was doing this. I was walking them through the, uh, the Zuckerberg numbers. Nobody yeah. wanted to pay attention back then, you know, bless him. Not even Mike Lindell wanted to pay attention back then. Right. And then as soon um, as it happens, everyone's suddenly like, Oh, we got to fix this. Well, why don't we fucking fix it before? Right. Yeah. right? Like what? Why weren't yeah, we ready exactly. for it before? Hey, I can find you the shows. I got the clips. We were saying it. We were doing it. We had all the evidence. So what was it? And what is it now? And I just think, you know, we 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 people need their heads knocking together because because we're on a hiding to nowhere with this stuff right now. Yeah, and that, and that's I totally agree. No, and, and it's it's good that you make that point because that takes us through. You know, this week we saw a lot of the same things happening both in Virginia and now New Jersey to where an overwhelming amount of people had to come out to kind of break the matrix in Virginia. Um, Even though there were so many inconsistencies there, you know, you have uh, counties and and districts that are voting at like between 87 and a hundred plus percent voter outcome. You know, you you have voter rolls that just don't make any sense in regards to the actual demographic. When you compare them from like the late nineties to the early two thousands to now Uh, it's like everybody that turned 18, never left the state, became a registered Democrat. And then there's so many different thousands of people in in Virginia, for instance, who are the only people with their last name in the whole state. No other family members. Now, there is a lot of military presence there, but it doesn't mean that, you know, 87 to 95% of the voter rolls have 
single last name applicants as far as registered voters there. And it really took mm. something that probably was a 10 to 12 point win turned out to be like what, two and a half percent. Then take it over to New Jersey. I do think we saw an overwhelming outpouring of conservative MAGA sick of Phil Murphy's bullshit there, you know, highest property taxes in the country, most COVID nursing home deaths in the country. In addition to all the mandate stuff that was, you know, leaked prior going into the election. And now you have that 55,000 in the middle of the night changed to plus 2% for Murphy. And that's where we're kind of at now. No lawyers were dispatched till afterwards, nothing from the RNC. Yeah. Or, or the, you know, Ronna McDaniel and all our friends over there in DC aren't saying anything about it. And you got this candidate who ran a good campaign, didn't bring in any of the big names and uh, is now, you know, kind of on an Island fighting for himself over there in New Jersey. What do you think, what did you see on Tuesday in regards to those two States? So look, my, I may be, uh, you know, maybe a news guy by profession, but I'm a, I'm a political strategist by passion. That's mm-hmm. how I first, um, first got into this mess. Um, and, and honestly, what I saw in New Jersey was, yes, of course, there were obviously silly buggers going on with the, with the numbers and the votes and the midnight uh, or the 3 a.m. changes and all that, right? We should know that. We should have been ready for that. Mm-hmm. Lawyers should have been on the ground already. We can sit here lamenting Ronald McDaniel all we want, but right. Ronald McDaniel's our fault, quite frankly. Unless, unless we have... Unless people like us are standing outside the RNC every day with placards that say resign Rana, then we only have ourselves to blame that she is still in situ there, quite frankly. Yep. Um, so I, 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 you don't even need to think about the feckless RNC and, and those turds um, on, on Capitol Hill. Think about, um, think about this. Um, what's his chops uh, in Virginia? Glenn Youngkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely tepid candidate, yeah. right? Very Mitt Romney, Carlisle group, uh, mm-hmm. zip up fleece, you know, what do you, what do you guys say? White as white, white as white bread can be right. Just, just milk toast. <laughs> right. The reason, he, the reason he wins is because, um, he tapped in to that one thing that everybody in that state, everybody in that state, right? Even if they didn't vote for him, they still felt it in their gut when he when he talked about these things. Those two girls who were raped in those yep. transgender bathrooms by that man in the dress, the education, the mandates over the kids. It's the kids. It was the children. It's the yep. future, yep. right? That's what people were, were so het up about. And, it, and if I don't think that the, the, the New Jersey guy lent into that as much or enough. Um, I think he could have done a better job on that. And also... You know, there was there was national name recognition around Youngkin yeah. because he lent in to, you know, um, what do you call them? Uh, um, issues that are uh, c- controversial or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I don't think the New Jersey guy did that. At least I didn't see it. So from a strategic perspective, I mean, even having one ad like the American Principles Project ad right. that, that supported Youngkin in in. Um, Virginia could have put him over the top. Now, of course, without the cheating, he would have probably been over the top as well. But we've got to be big enough and ugly enough to recognize that that's going to go on in every election. Yeah. Now. We can't just use that as an excuse to lose. Um, right. We have to keep thinking our way around it because apparently we're not thinking our way into election integrity. So we have to keep thinking our way around election fraud. I agree. I mean, it's like we knew that they were going to do it ahead of time. Why isn't anybody on the ground? Why aren't we, you know, kind of mobilizing a lot more than than we are. Yeah. 
I know it, it's definitely a good point. I, I would have liked to see Chitterelli embrace a little bit more of those things that Raheem just mentioned. Um, not just yeah. not just the kitchen table items, but some of the ones that became taboo over the course and now, which of course are racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Politicizing children is now the new slavery, apparently. Oh, oh good. Well, did you guys, did you guys see um, MSNBC on uh, last night on Thursday night? Which part? Maybe. Um, it was, it was, I think it was Joy Reid. It was like seven o'clock in the evening. Whoever's got that show. I mean, they literally had a panel of people just screaming yeah. about the fact that black people are now running as <laughs> Republicans as if it's the first time, by the way, um, <laughs> that, that black person's running as Republicans. But I mean, I have never heard such rabid racism in my life. I mean, yeah. if I did that, if I did anything remotely close to that, on my show, it would be pulled off the airwaves. The network would probably be pulled off the airwaves, yeah. right? And and MSNBC is it, it. It's an interesting thing because we've always known that they they have this tendency to race bait and whatever, but they they've at least tried to hide it behind the glossy veneer right. of like you know got good trouble and and all of this. Now they're literally staring down the barrel of a camera, frothing at the mouth. Mm-hmm. How dare black people even re- <laughs> think about voting Republican? You know, this this is the sort of stuff that I think leads people. I mean, it it, it definitely will incite people, right? It incites people. Um, and and I I don't know how to. I was it was in a I was in a cab and the cab driver had this on. And usually, you know, you don't want to get kicked out of an Uber or whatever, right? But I could not control myself. I was guffawing. I was <laughs> laughing at them. I was. I almost spit at one point. I mean, it was, it was, it was such. It was some of the most heinous rhetoric I've ever heard in my life. And I should know a few things about heinous rhetoric, um, having having worked on the Brexit campaign. You know. Yeah. Um, so so, I, I I think what America definitely needs right now is more uh, lights being shone on people like Joy Reid and more lights. You know, let's hype that clip. Let's get yeah. that out there because the more people see that, especially black people, they'll right. go, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you cannot talk about us like this. <laughs> exactly. Well, they have an entire panel of people that are literally the woman from the screenshot saying we shouldn't let blacks vote anymore because they need help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Recently, I saw a tweet like that. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just proof that the left are the real racist, in my opinion. I mean, at least they projected a little bit more, which is, seems like their go-to number yeah. one. Uh, moving right along, it's kind of a combination of two things: Biden's poll numbers, which are in the toilet, pun intended, after Ooh. what happened at the Vatican last weekend. Um, Do we got any confirmation of that yet? I mean, we're we're gonna play a clip it's later in the show. I, Donald Trump like <laughs> vaguely confirms it. <laughs> Um, And then the infrastructure and reconciliation bills that are Nancy Pelosi's trying to jam down everybody's throat. You talked about um, cinema and mansion. We also have the uh, voter integrity bill, which apparently made everyone who didn't vote for it racist recently killed as well. Mm. What what do you see happening with with these infrastructure and reconciliation bills? We've heard you talk about this is a dead end, no way going back from narrative from the start and, and, just talk about what you think it would do to this country to see this thing. Why anyone would give Joe Biden a political W at this point is beyond me, but I've seen stranger things happen. 
I, I was sort of distracted there from the question because I was going over in my head the potential for song lyrics that says he shat again at the Vatican. You know, <laughs> so, somebody needs to somebody needs to do that. So just uh, sorry, I got distracted by my own. Hey, you, train you, of we need we need to remix that. No, we do, need to do this, that. Raheem. Write those down, and then on the thirtieth, <laughs> if you want to stop in for a few minutes, Zuby's coming on. So if you want oh, someone, yeah. he'll really be able to be, put them down on some with some beats with you, and you could turn that into something fantastic. Yeah. Put some shit down on paper. So, so, so what's the question? Why, why, why might this thing actually pass? Yeah, how? Yeah. How, do you see a a way for Joe Biden politically to get a W out of this? It's more Nancy Pelosi. I mean, Joe Biden's not really doing anything right now. It's a wandering around and uh, talking about the computers on the portal bridge. Well, he doesn't even know about the four hundred fifty thousand dollars for immigrants. Thing, yes, he does. Apparently, he says, he says oh, yeah. it's garbage and it's not happening. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- um, these these two oh, bills, look. this green new bullshit yeah do, do you see it gaining life and, and sustaining life moving forward that's a that's a probably one of the most difficult questions i've been asked on a on a on a show i'm not really a, a, a policy guy in 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 how you know i learned about how uh, american um bills get passed from that cartoon from the 70s you Me know too. <laughs> um, so i'm not i'm not really sure look I'll talk about it from a political strategy perspective. Right. Um, the Democrats are desperate, obviously, to get any any W at this point in time, and they will be pulling all kinds of strings to make that happen. Listen, it's no coincidence that these um, extremists happen to know where Democrat senators are going to be, where their cars are parked, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is some of the most skullduggerous um, uh, uh, campaigning going on right now behind the scenes to force these people into a position where they're too afraid to not give their own party a W on this, despite their very well-placed uh, problems with this. The, the difference is, however, now that they're coming to this whole uh, debate around uh, CBO score, right, mm-hmm. the Congressional Budget Office score, and I don't think we'll get a score on a lot of this until after Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, that even by that, the very nature of that, even if they manage to get a decent score or a non, you know, it's not it's not that far off in terms of the trillions or the billions or whatever it is, it's still dragged along to the point where you're nearly now a year into, uh, I don't call it administration, I call it a regime. Yeah. You're nearly yeah. a year into the regime and he's been unable to really uh, uh, hammer through and she. You know the real the real master strategist Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. who's, who's supposed to pull all the strings at all the times and never look weak, looks weak, comes out weak, even if it passes, right? So so I don't even know if it can be a W now. It, mm-hmm. I think it could be like a net neutral for them if if it passes. Um, but again, I, I, you know the 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 way the the structured way that this now works after the CBO score comes out. I don't really have a clue about, and I would I would hate to kind of just just invent on the fly. So, look, uh, there's a lot more coming down the pipeline that he's not aware of. Uh, I mean, he's not aware of anything, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> she's definitely she's definitely not ready for her as well. And I think this Durham stuff. I mean, I oh, don't yeah. need to sound like Sean Hannity, um, <laughs> but it's but but it actually it actually is starting to bear some fruit now. Yeah. Yeah, and you are going to induce some boomer sweats if you start saying Ooh, Sean Hannity too so much sweaty. on this show. Um, <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, the true story. <laughs> some of the great work. I heck, you, I, no, go I ahead. Heckle Hannity. Uh, we, 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 go, we go way back, so I think I'm allowed to. 
No, you want to know what? For all the grandmas and grandpas that listen, and there are grandmas and grandpas who listen to us, they I'm sure they get enough of that of his <laughs> his doomer narrative every night, and, and we kind of like it and joke about it all the time. Um, yeah. The stuff with January 6th, you, Darren Beatty, you guys have done some incredible mm-hmm. work exposing. I mean, you probably saw yesterday, you saw some of the political prisoners, which 100% they are, being moved out of the gulag in D.C. How they looking? terrible yeah i mean their faces do we, all know blurred. If, do we know if it's them though like for the most part yeah because, because they didn't clarify. Appa- apparently marjorie taylor green was in there and she was one of the people that i guess really oh, they finally picture. let her in or no yeah she said in, in a tweet that they sing the national anthem at 9 p.m every night and for the first time since they've Aww. been incarcerated she was there for it so oh, wow. that's just according wow, to her wow, wow. but you know how hard of a i mean you, you guys do a lot of stuff i mean we could talk about China and Wuhan and all this other stuff that's going on, you know, the stolen election. But I think January 6th, guys, is is probably one of the hardest, maybe emotionally, uh, for you guys to have to, like, really go in there and get dirty on cover. And how has that experience been? Well, let me explain something to to uh, the audience here. I live if I if I stood outside my house and you know if I drank a lot of water, I could probably piss and reach the Capitol building. You know, <laughs> nice. I live. <laughs> Right next door to it. And believe me, I think about it all the time. I think that might um, be a felony. <laughs> but, um, you know, so this is my neighborhood, right? Like, I live here. I've lived here for five years. When when that all was going on, it was going on on my doorstep. Um, when, the, when the troops were occupying D.C. in the immediate aftermath of it, there were thousands of armed forces with long guns on my front door. Now, I was in Kiev for the Medan Revolution. And I saw what that looked like and I saw what, you know, violent government oppression looked like at the time. And I saw what violent Soros, you know, counter oppression looked like at the same time as well. Yeah. And I, my <laughs> hotel was between the two lines of the government forces and the Soros forces. Right. Wow. And and I would get up in the morning. Uh, it was so cold. Bundle myself up uh, in like six layers. Uh, put my little my little hat on. I'd have a whiskey flask and a cup of coffee, uh, <laughs> and and we'd hop from from flaming trash can to flaming trash can in the middle of the Madan Square in um, in Kiev, and and that's how it felt on Capitol wow. Hill in wow. the United States of America. You know, it felt like we were under almost a foreign government occupation, right? Um, and again, just as I know a lot of no, people you might not be wrong that way, but let me be very clear. This is where I live. Yeah. You know? yeah. This, is, this isn't a tourist place for me. And um, it was it was <sighs> a friend of mine was cycling past one of the uh, one of the National Guard lines and, and just lost it. As we all thought we were going to at any minute, like we just wanted to shout at them, fuck off. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He did. He was cycling past this group of, of, of National Guardsmen standing outside the Capitol, and he just went, you all need to go home. And you know what the National Guard said? They said, I don't want to be mm-hmm. here either. They said, we know. Yeah, yeah oh, we know. Shit. We know. And look, th- that stuff is so beyond um, a bad dream for me yeah. at this point, because I remember, I remember uh, in the immediate aftermath of January the 6th and try- racking my brain I guess I didn't even really realize how, well, like how serious this narrative was going to get for the left. I, I I was a little slow on it, but thankfully everybody else was really slow on it, right? Like we were all kind of in shock for a couple of days. If yeah. you remember, we were just constantly yeah. being assaulted with news, and we didn't have kind of a, a, a counter narrative. So I was actually the first person um, to go through the 
timeline of events yep. as presented by the establishment media and go, well, there was no way for Trump to have radicalized these people at the White House and then get to the Capitol in time for the first breach. Yep. Just, just not possible. And uh, literally, I know, or, or like everyone now is like, yeah, of course, like we know that. No, no, I was literally the first person to go through this timeline of events and put that. We even did it in a graphic. We showed exactly how this happened. And suddenly, within the next like few days, they abandoned the idea, right, that Trump radicalized these people there and then, because that's what they were saying originally, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He gave the speech. People were so riled up that they sprinted down, you know, the National Mall and jumped feet first in through the Capitol, you know, rotunda. That's some fast and, sprinting. And, and, and so that narrative collapsed. And I got to tell you, um, I like to think I've done plenty of good work on that issue. But Darren Beatty and Revolver, like, eclipsed us um, within a couple of months. I mean, he just he just went ham on it in a way yeah. that I didn't even have the the, the, the cranial capacity to. Um <laughs> So for me, January the 6th is a very, I walked through it, by the way. I was with Jack Posobiec um, and, and my buddy Alistair Rivera, and we we walked through it uh, that day. We walked down um, um, Constitution Avenue here to the One American News Building. We went to the roof of the One American News Building. We looked down onto the protest. We heard the flashbangs go off. And then I had to walk up uh, Constitution Avenue to my studio downtown in Washington, D.C. And then I had to walk back from downtown in the evening mm. back up Capitol Hill. So I saw all of it. I met all of these people. I live streamed it, by the way. Uh, my Periscope must have been an hour long. Yeah. Um, I talked to so many people. Nobody there was there to do vandalism or damage to the Capitol, right? Um, yeah. they, were all, they were all there. I mean, God, I, I mean, I probably... I probably had more hugs that day alone than I had in the rest of my life. Right? <laughs> from, just, from just happy patriots who care about their country and this this small gaggle of of you know let's let's call it what it is feds or fed adjacent people yep. right mm -hmm. yep. um who who decide either decided or somehow induced um to do this i mean for me it's a very 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 personal issue right it's my doorstep listen if that pipe bomb had gone off i could be dead yeah right right, right. so if feds are fucking around with planting bombs around Washington DC um I take it very personally because it's outside my it's outside my doorstep um so that's how I feel about it I don't know if that answers your question but it, it, it sets me off no it, it does and it, and it kind of puts like a real human aspect to someone like who you said it's your home you, you lived on the ground you walked in the same footsteps of those people that day and, and since and, and it's something that uh you know it's good to kind of put a human aspect on it because all you hear is like for the last since the 2020 election, anytime anybody in the legacy media talks about anything to do with conservatism, the Trump era politics, this, that, and the other thing, you can't get a minute and a half into a monologue before you see, you know, file footage of January 6th behind them on a cable news channel. And, Insurrection. Right. Just whether it has nothing to do with it or everything to do with it, you know, it's, it's just one of their go-to things. Raheem, last thing I want to touch with you on, and it's, and it's now the, the, the whole political narrative. Um, there's definitely been some big influence. You know, you talked about Darren Beatty, Jack Posobiec. Obviously, you've worked with Steve. Um, you guys, you know, created the war room together. You've had so many people come through uh, and, and really have helped kind of bring everybody back together from where we felt very scattered after November 7th. You know, and uh, I just want to ask you... Ask you. There is a uh, 
lot that goes into getting up and going to work the next day after Joe Biden has been announced the winner of the 2020 presidential election. And there's been so much work that's had to go into. I mean, we've talked about all these topics today with you. How is that whole experience like what is it like for you getting up every day and knowing that the work that you do with stats and polls and research people you interview and then the commentary you give for prospective voters, people that feel disenfranchised, people that are going to probably lose their jobs. I mean, we're looking at today, just for an example, finally, some of the uh, senators are like, hey, we didn't really realize this, but a third of the entire federal workforce, which includes the military, could possibly lose their job in the next month. Like people, Mm -hmm. these mandates have been out here for three months now. Like how has that experience been going in and trying to bring everybody back to where we could kind of start game planning again moving forward? Look, I'm 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 a bit of a, a, a snob, right? Like my, people who follow me on Instagram know I like foie gras and fine dining. You do like fine dining and, and expensive tailored suits and all that shit, right? Like that's and, and I and I wasn't raised with that. I mean, we were raised incredibly poor. My family went bankrupt in '92 as a result of Soros shorting the pound. So everything mm. everything I, um, I I I let myself indulge in. Um, is is through earning earning it right, earning it the hard way, and 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 getting up and doing that, that you know, doing this every day. This job that a lot of you know, there are a lot of armchair critics about what we do. Yeah. Um, but like you say, getting up that next day after the election, getting up that next day after the inauguration, getting up that day after January the sixth. Um, let's not fuck around. I mean, it's yeah. been a it's been a bad year. It might be one of the worst years ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. I, um, for sure. Um. And and then I, uh, you know, I I the reason I talk about being like kind of like an elitist in my tastes is that I always think about like uh, what people out there, you know, you know, like my parents and my grandparents who were who were, you know, not rich at all, to say the least. Uh, immigrants into the United Kingdom, what they what their lives were like on a day to day basis. I, I think about what it means to create the foundations for people to stand on the shoulders of other people mm-hmm. to to get that um, that leg up in life. And hey, <laughs> actually, a lot of what I found is a lot of Americans don't want. Um, you know, fancy foie gras. Great. More for me. Right. <laughs> but, but they want the ability to, to live a, 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 a semblance of a normal, safe uh, right. lifestyle where there's food on the shelves yeah. and, and they can then they can play with their kids, you know, and that they don't. Yeah. Have, and frankly, I think this is what one of the things I think is wonderful about uh, some of the new right that's coming along right now. People like Blake Masters and, and, and uh, Rufo and, mm-hmm. and all these guys, they actually realize that what, what the American dream actually should be centered around a single income household, right? That they that you shouldn't have to send both parents out to work, not be able to raise your kids properly in person, right. et cetera, et cetera. Like what we're doing, what we're doing to yep. the next generation with this is 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 simply abominable. So so that's kind of where I where I approach this whole thing from. Like that's to let people into my mindset. And of course, like I know people are going to go, "Oh, what cunt?" You know, you, you fucking rich cunt. Um, I'm not a rich cunt, by the way, but but I like nice shit, right? But I want people to understand where I'm coming from when I when I talk about these things. I don't lie about anything, right? I'm just, a, right. I'm just I am just fucking who I am, right? And um, I guess I guess I'll t- I'll tell you something that's that's very personal. I've never I've never talked about this before. So. At the end of last year, I got engaged to be married. Okay, and and the circumstances of the year, the, the the things that went on, pulled me just so far away from being able to even pay any attention to my then fiance that we had to break up. Yeah. Like yeah. it just, my work came first, the country came first, 
um, that the needs of ordinary people came first to me. And, and you know, it has a profound impact on, yeah. on not just our work lives, but our personal lives. And, and, you know, so like I say, it's been a shit year to, to be in this game. At the same time, look at where we were, you know, almost one year ago to the day. Look at, you know, you remember your head in your hands. You remember, you remember being in the fetal position, you know, you remember, yeah. you remember just sort of, I mean, how many pints did you neck the next day? How many, <laughs> you know, how much, how much wine was there, you know, to, to just numb the oh, disbelief. Yep, yep. And you look at where we came in just a year. Now, you know why? So I'm stealing this from somebody. I, I saw it on the internet earlier. I can't remember who, so credit to whoever. Um, you know why the left is so pissed off about, um, the fuck Joe Biden and let's go Brandon chance yep. is not because they think that that's crude or nasty or whatever. They're the crudest, nastiest people in the world. So they don't, they don't even have a moral uh, compass on that shit. Um, they're, they're, they're fucked off about it because they spent four years angrily screaming at the sky. And we've spent the first year getting our swagger back, yep. laughing mm-hmm. at them and then winning elections. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, yep. And so just, just in less than 365 days, America has proved why it's America. Yeah. And and yeah. I just and I just think as 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 my old mate Donald Trump used to say, you know, and Kimberly Guilfoyle used to say even louder, the best <laughs> is yet to come. <laughs> and then we sure totally do believe agree. him. Raheem, this has been awesome. Um, we do hope you come back eventually. Yeah. And uh, well, you me, so I have to. Perfect. For sure. You, why I got it, you, you <laughs> did mention during the January 6th portion, you guys went up to the top of the OAN building. Um, yeah. One of our great friends of the well, show. Well, it's a good thing he didn't go on the velvet ropes. He'd be in the gulag right now. Well, what if he picked up trash <laughs> on the way out? Oh, we've picked up trash on the way out, yeah. There you go. Christina Bob, she's a journalist for OAN. She said she has seen you running in D.C. Uh, she claims that you, you don't know who she is. Um, she says, if you ever see her and you want a running partner, you could hit her up, but you'll probably kick her ass because you've drawn some mighty fine penises on your run, uh, in the past. And <laughs> oh, yeah. For the audience who doesn't know what he's talking about, by the way, I have a run, run tracker app that I, I run from Capitol Hill down to the Washington monument and, and back. And it, unfortunately, that is the shape of a penis. I didn't design it. You That's know, talk, so funny. <laughs> you know, I didn't design it. But uh, but that's that's the shape of my run, and I post that on Instagram. I know I, I think I've met Christina once. Um, I don't know if I would recognize her if I'm just out running. Uh, but you tell Christina to grab me whenever you know. And uh, the thing is, isn't she like six foot two or something? She, she is. I was just gonna say that tall. she's really tall, so you might she might so. stick out if you were to see her. <laughs> no, but I'm saying one one of her like I'm five eight. One of her <laughs> leg lengths is gonna be two of mine. I'm gonna be scurrying <laughs> along next to her like one of those little dogs. She's gonna be doing the, the Captain She'll America you on your left. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, I told her I was gonna name drop you today because she's become pretty good friend of the show and, and is very friendly with us she's been on a couple times and i said you want to know what maybe you'll run into him you guys make contact and eye contact and it won't be weird i actually tried to yeah. do that one time on a run and i was actually really bummed because the gps wasn't exact enough so i did all this extra work oh. and then it didn't it didn't work i was like ah oh. you did That's you weird. did like pubes and everything <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah, it was like a it was like an etch-a-sketch see now this is it's turned into a, a, an interview that better suits our show yeah uh, Raheem, why don't you tell all of our listening audience where they could find you across social media platforms? Yeah, I'm just uh, Raheem Kassam on everything. So that's R-A-H-E-E-M-K-A-S-S-A-M. Um, getter is always better. I look at that more times a day than I do uh, Twitter nowadays. 
And um, I, we, 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 again, we're people powered, we're people funded. And if people want to support our work, the website is fundrealnews.com because that's what we do, real news. And we're going to live link your website, your getter, awesome. your, yeah, all your, all your social media. So our, our very interactive listening audience can come in. That was fundrealnews.com. Is that correct? That's it. Fund okay, clipped out a little bit. Yeah. They can come and give you a few touches. Oh, yeah. So, well, we appreciate it, Mr. Raheem Kassam. Thanks for coming down with us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you so much. Well, what do you guys think? Raheem Kassam, the real deal? I like it. Kind of brought it. I also am into expensive suits. I just can't afford them. <laughs> what about mascots? <laughs> Foie gras. I don't even know what that is. So, Foie gras. Yeah. Blech. So the Foie gras really war. Cool. He's, He's got a good personality. He's some a funny really guy. Yeah, we, we did get to... I mean, we've talked about all the things that, uh, you know, he's been involved in. We've heard a really personal aspect of his life in regards to a relationship and then January 6th. Um, and we even mm -hmm. got into the penises he draws on his runs and the pubes that <laughs> Noah didn't get to draw the one time he tried it. <laughs> so fact of the matter is he came as advertised and we'd be excited to have him back. Um, jumping into the news portion of our show now, we're going to bring in our three guests for our panel guest hosts this week. First one. Needs very little introduction. Uh, you may know him on Instagram as Reverse Mockingbird. Coming back for his second time. Thank you for joining us today. Always a pleasure to come back. How's love it? the show. Yeah, and we love you. How's it going, sir? It's going pretty good. Um, it's been a rough week uh, for, like, my family. You know, things have been going uh, pretty much for everybody. Yeah. But uh, I just found out today my mom just got laid off uh, from her job for, like, 15 years. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, so I think it's she's looking at it in a positive light, though. She's like, you know, maybe this is uh, my chance to do something on my own. Okay, um, that's very unfortunate. So, you know, she's taking it pretty well. Yeah, well, that's good, and, and I mean, like you said, it's probably gonna hit you hard because that's your mama, and you want to make sure she's always taken care of, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she'll be all right though. She's in good hands. We, we It'll all work out. Yeah, we promise to get you laughing for the next hour. Take your mind off of it for a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Also joining us today is uh, the woman behind the Calling of Esther account. Oh, es dang. Esther, hey. Esther, welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and we're excited to have you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Hope you're ready to do some news. It's been a long, long time coming. Sure has, probably <laughs> since July. We'll see. Oh. And then last but certainly not least, she yeah. is she is the uh, voice and average memes behind the Truth on Draft account. Oh, <laughs> wow, Peter, we we met her at the uh, Clay Clark Reawaken America Tour event uh, in Anaheim back in July, and we've been looking forward to having her back on. Bree, thanks for coming back on with us today. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me back. Oh no, it's great it's, to be here. It's our pleasure. Oh, now that we all made fun of you guys and loosened up the mood a little bit. <laughs> I tell you what, I wonder if the more prominent figures like the media people, you know, other, you know, political candidates that have been on our show, I wonder if they come in with the same type of anxiety. It's pretty funny. Leading up through the week, you know, we have a group chat and we're all talking and everybody's like kind of nervous. It's not like they're backing out, but they don't want to, you don't want to sound stupid. You don't want to know content. And if you've listened to the show, it pretty much does itself i just show up and make stupid comments yeah true <laughs> natural though because like i mean 
I haven't done it in a long time. I'm retired. But even as an oh, actor, like my wife. I, I, was, <laughs> I was in that world. But like before every audition or even going on camera or, you know, audio voice or whatever, I, I would still get nervous. You don't know what to expect. And then nobody like most people don't like hearing themselves or looking at themselves. I never I rarely ever looked at like my stuff or listened to it after because I was like, OK, I'm done. I did my job. It now makes it, it now makes almost a tri-weekly appearance in our group chat though <laughs> certain portions yeah uh it? so but i wonder because you know you talk to all these people who were scheduling with the show and some of them like we said are more prominent i mean instagram accounts truthers people that bring a lot to the movement like the three that are joining us right now are, are equally as valuable as people like raheem kassam and they're always so punitive they they come on they want to know like what's the topic's going to be about how long is this going to be? Or, or the, you know, their schedule email us. We got like 20, 25 minutes tops. I don't think we've ever had an interview with anybody that's gone less than 40 minutes. Yeah, it's like I only have 15 minutes and then yeah. there's 40 minutes later. You're like, oh, that was great. We're, when we end it. Yeah. And and we get really comfortable with them. And like I said, we, we got in with Raheem and it's him, the guy from War Room, the guy from the National Pulse. You know, you see him on TV all the time and he's up there with all those other guys reporting the news and giving Mike Lindell a noogie in a headlock. And next thing you know, like like we said, he's, he's telling us intimate, sometimes sad details of his life and, and joking about pubes. So mission accomplished today. I don't know. What, I still like don't know. We're likable people. We got good energy. Yeah, you know? I, I still don't know what Fogwa? Fogwa. I still don't, I still don't know what it is. But... like stuff a, a duck or a goose. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, like force feed it. Duck pate. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. It's a very British thing. My husband, my husband likes that stuff too. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, where he, he goes out to like some really ridiculously extravagant restaurants. Like, I could only, I, I could feel by looking at it how much the plate costs, and it's like the tiniest portion of food because you know rich people only like take a bite and then they drink a bottle of wine, and leave all their food, and go home. They throw away the dishes. Yeah, sometimes like it's just the way so, it is. So far, 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 what is it? Fargois. Fargois is like a pate, like yeah. I like pate, like Braunschweiger. Okay. A little bit less uh, mm. fancy sounding, though. It's more angry German. Mm. What's that American pate? It's not spam. I forgot what it's called. It used to be really it's cat popular. food. Cat food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's Basically. I mean, you're not wrong. But now that we've all become familiarized with each other yet again, um, we're going to do the news. So... Jumping into the first topic, and just happened in a few days ago, uh, the elections that started basically the midterm season. So now that we're all familiarized with each other and back on track. Again, again. Again, again. We're going to get into the news. Uh, I think most importantly, what came earlier in the week was uh, the elections that happened, which kicked off the 2022 midterm election season. Um, Some of the most notables, obviously, were Virginia and New Jersey. So... Reverse, you're in Virginia, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Virginia. I'm literally right across the river from the swamp. Oh, nice. Or not. How do you feel about uh, the election outcome there? Obviously, it's good to see uh, Glenn Youngkin win. Um, Probably won by a lot more. So, I mean, there's definitely a different feel Mm -hmm. in Virginia this year. And after a year, people are a whole lot wiser than they were last year. So... I feel like there were more eyes, uh, you know, through the election process. Um, and I, I never really heard what happened to those 300,000 uh, 300, mail-in ballots. Mm. 
there was something going on where the post office didn't deliver on time. And right. then I never heard anything else about it after that. So I don't yeah, really know. Yeah. But, um, every single county, every single one flipped red. Yeah. And it's just really strange that Biden somehow supposedly won Virginia last year. So by 10 points. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Glenn Youngkin would do good by Virginia if you would still, even though he won, he needs to go ahead and, and call for a forensic audit for the presidential election. Yep. Um, there's definitely mm-hmm. something going on and has been going on in Virginia. That's just something's off. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that because uh, in addition to being off, we did see him hold pretty much a 10 pointish lead throughout the day until the wee hours of the morning where it narrowed down to about, I think it's like 2.5 that he wound up winning by. Um, Raheem Kassam kind of said one of the things that separated New Jersey from Virginia was that not only did Glenn Youngkin kind of embrace the movement, the MAGA movement, um, you know, he, he's kind of a normie, rhino-ish, run-of-the-mill Republican candidate, uh, which is kind of what you need in Virginia because it's such a, you know, diverse demographic there. But he, he you know, the day before the election, he did an hour and a half long uh, telefundraiser, tell a rally with Donald Trump. So to say that that didn't have an influence, in addition to the fact that there was about 2.1 projected voters that they thought were going to come out in Virginia and the overall vote total eclipsed 3 million which is about a million less than came out for the general election, which is kind of unprecedented in a governor's race. So the base, I think a little bit of a matrix system breaking there. I think we kind of overwhelmed the system to the point to where the mail-in ballots obviously weren't going to, you know, matter because if they all came in and there was 300,000 of them and they were all for the not Republican candidate, then it would look funny. Um, In addition to, you know, you had the guy on the Democrat side up until he had Obama out there. He had Biden out there, Kamala Harris out there, a whole bunch of people that don't have a lot of favorability in the country right now. Not only were they doubling down on critical race theory and covering up stuff like the rapes that happened in the schools uh, there, they, you know, you, you have Randy Weingarten, who's the national teachers union president, um, come out and campaign for you on that last night too. And then start to push a narrative that maybe there's too many white teachers in schools in Virginia, so we need to fire them to make black people feel more comfortable, which I just thought was like the nail in the coffin. Oof. Well, yeah. everybody loves it. It was Weingarten. so bad. And I think him bringing Biden out to campaign with him was the biggest mistake because oh, yeah. it, it, was, it was a train wreck. Yeah. And then you had people... You had people screaming and chanting, we love Trump in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so bad. Yeah, people well. in Virginia aren't stupid. Um, I mean, if you want to figure out if Virginia's red or blue, I always tell people, just get on 95. What do you see on the highway? Nothing but trucks, contractors, business owners. You don't see a bunch of Priuses and Toyotas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, in, people in Virginia are independent. They're you know, they're, they're not stupid and, you know, they, everybody can just sense that something was wrong. So I'm glad that people finally stood up and made sure that, you know, this election went through the right way. I, I hope. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they but, sure did. And, and, you know, Glenn Youngkin touched on that and in his acceptance speech, which came in the wee hours of the morning on Wednesday, let's hear a brief clip, him talking about some of those issues that got him over the top. choice within the public school system 
We're going to start with 20 charter schools and we are going to make a down payment and close the gap on giving parents an opportunity to select where their kids go to school. Friends, we're going to embrace our parents, not ignore them. We're going to press forward with a curriculum that includes listening to parents' input, a curriculum that allows our children to run as fast as they can, teaching them how to think, enabling their dreams to soar. So not bad. I mean, kind of, you know, that was the issue, I think, that got him over the top, that whole critical race theory thing mm-hmm. and, and the covering up of the uh, the rapes that happened in the school. Um, and it was a blatant cover-up, too. Yeah, because it was interfering with uh, Pride Month, so how dare we blow the whistle on two uh, young girls getting raved by someone who was acting only in disguise as a transgender for the most part. Now that they were 15, they should have been able to defend themselves. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that was Did an actual... What the mother said? That was an actual narrative <laughs> that came out for one of the defendants. <laughs> But had um, had roles been reversed, it would have not been that same answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. So had that mom had that happen to her own child, she would not be saying the same thing. Yeah, well, you, no. should, you should have seen that mm-hmm. mom. She looked like, uh, well, she had the haircut from the bad guy at the end of the original Ghostbusters, Ooh. like the flat top. <laughs> and, 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 she, and the she, rainbow she, mask. Yeah, and the rainbow mask. So, no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I, I made fun of her on that. will have been tagging her on Twitter for the last couple of days. So got him. I think the best part is the fallout from this in Virginia. And that came, I think best served on CNN. Everybody's favorite race baiter there. Mm. Van Jones came across and, and wanted to talk about some of those kitchen table, you know, issues with the rest of the uh, round table there. We're going to hear a few clips on him. Noah's going to enjoy a few of these. Can't wait. Fire up the Mr. Garrison button. <laughs> he might be burning it in the beginning of the show. All right. When we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber, I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. So, huh? that, that, yeah, that's where it I started. I mean, they're right. It is annoying. And he was right, but then it, it turned into CNN. He forgot where he was working for a second. Oh. So, <laughs> now, Noah, I know one of our least favorite topics to talk about, and we're going to get to it in a little bit because Dr. Fauci and uh, Rachel Walensky appeared on Capitol Hill yesterday before a senatorial hearing. Is that when Fauci was getting spanked by Rand Paul? And we will get to that, but... There are a lot of variants out there. The Delta, the Ligma, the Sugma. Did you hear about the Yunkin? The Yunkin variant? (laughs) (laughs) It's real. And uh, get ready to hear just what Van Jones led into next. First of all, it's not over. Um, You do have the the grassroots uh, folks out there uh, fighting for this on the Democratic Party side. The stakes are high. For breakfast? Uh, When this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The oh. Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, uh, same disease, like... but spreads a lot faster oh. and can get a lot more places. What? Is it, what? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. 
What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> wow. That's I mean, so this is coming from the white, the white lash guy. Is that what he, he said? He, that he is one the white time? lash guy. White lash? And there's only one yeah. way that that a losing election. Is that what happens when you're white and you get in a car accident? Coverage, <laughs> coverage night could go from Van Jones is with tears. Genuine tears. Genuine yeah. crocodile tears. <laughs> you ready for him to start? Fake crying again? We do have fake crying. Yeah, this is going to be the last clip of him and CNN's coverage of election night. You think if I get fired, I can get a job like cutting onions for CNN uh, side stage? It's, um... <laughs> well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier. It's easier to tell your kids character matters. Oh. It matters. <laughs> Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. Oh, oh. If you're Muslim oh, come on. in this country, if you're a Muslim in this country, you don't have to worry if the president me? doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the you're president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers. We're doing that one again? Yep. Get the fuck out of here. He did no reason. Oh, my God. Guys, stop. He's sad. Vindication for a lot of people who have no. really suffered. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Wait, was Floyd. he saying that? Yeah. That was a lot of people. I can't that breathe. Couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking <laughs> up. You say, I can't breathe. Tweets and you just don't know. And you're going to the store. And, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you. You're worried about your kids and you're worried about your sister. (laughs) And and can she just go to Walmart and and get back into her car without somebody saying something to her? And and, and, and you spend so much of your life energy just trying to hold it together. Mm. And this is a big deal for us just to be able to get some peace and and, and have a chance for, for, for a reset. And, and the character of the country matters. Great reset. And, 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 and mm. being a good man matters. I, you know, I just want my sons to, to look at this. Look at this. You know, it's easy to, to, to do it the, the cheap way and, 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 and get away with stuff. But it comes back around. It comes back around. And it's a good day for this country. I, I'm sorry for the people who lost. I, for them, it's not a good day. But for a whole lot of people, it's a good day. Wow. I mean, he was just glitching. He hit all the buttons. I He's promised like, uh, myself I wouldn't cry. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. He hit. What? I promised myself I wouldn't. Cry. White. He's not crying for that shit. Muslims. I think he's crying because of the position he's in and oh. where he works. <laughs> Immigrant babies. I just, I just literally, Mr. Garrison, myself. Oh. George Floyd. Oh. The only thing. How can anybody look at that, listen to that, and actually take it seriously? Honest to God, like even on the left, I don't care what side you're on at this point. Like, how how can you take that? Well, it's probably the same people that are driving alone with a mask on. Well, yeah, those people, the four to six percenters, obviously, but like the majority everyday person would be like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" The majority everyday person's going. That was my easiest troll on Twitter because he was actually crying. So my cry more and then adding him mm. to that video was. Did you see the tears from his face, like his eyes on his face or at all? Oh, you didn't hear me. It got all like, he was it. all like this, like, because he was taking the tissue and like wiping it like right across up against where, the microphone. Yeah. yeah. Probably putting some like a fucking, what, what, what did he put? Like Vicks vapor rub in there. Right. <laughs> The only thing that would make that better is if, like, within the next week, domestic violence charges came down. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not to be Nostradamus or anything, but. Right. 
I'm calling it. Well, I guess there's good news and there's bad news because some of the fallout from this, uh, much to Noah's pleasure, we won't be hearing any of Jen Psaki this week because her double jabbed and boostered ass got COVID. <laughs> and a big part of me. Sorry, feel- I don't mean to laugh. No, please do because <laughs> COVID. We we feel that this was a a way to skirt around having to answer to Shark Week. I think it was all bullshit. <laughs> she, she dipped out for a reason. Well, and well it's that's not what, I, what I just said. We were talking about poopy pants gate. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. But back up. They went to the bullpen. They called on the lefty. Uh, Kareen Jean Pierre. Wow, it's good yeah. uh, pronunciation there. Thank you. <laughs> Wanted to talk about how... Uh, like Spagwa? Yeah, children yeah. are being used as political football by the right in Virginia, and that's how they were able to get over the finish line on Tuesday night. Just don't spike the ball. Hopefully not. Let's hear what the backup press secretary had to say about it. And uh, and great countries are honest, right? They have to be honest with themselves about the history, which is good and, and the bad. What? And our kids should be proud to be Americans after learning that history. Uh, the president certainly certainly is. Uh, fundamentally, we believe a school's curriculum isn't a federal decision. Hmm. It's rightly up to communities around the country, the parents, the school, uh, the school board, the teachers, and the administrators. And that means that politicians should be dict- dictating, should not be uh, dictating what our kids are being taught. Figure it out. But we also need to be honest here uh, about what's going on here. Republicans are lying. They're not being honest. They're not being truthful about where we stand. And they're, and they're cynically trying to use our kids as a political football. They're talking about our kids when it's, when it's election season, but they won't vote for, for them when it matters. You know, Republicans did not vote for the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan, in that plan, it had funding to make sure that schools were open, to make sure that our kids got back to school. And they didn't vote for that. And that was a key component of the American Rescue Plan. We know how important it is to make sure that our kids have in-person learning for their mental well-being and also so that they can actually learn. And so that is something that the Republicans refused, absolutely refused uh, to vote for. So we got to be honest here, and they're not being honest. They're being incredibly dishonest. Steve? What were some other key components of the American Rescue Plan? Oh, that, you got any that, of those, Ron? Well, here's the thing. You you know that I did do a deep dive on that, and they called for billions and billions of dollars to renovate ancient schools with state-of-the-art sanitizing stations, ventilation Ugh. systems. Listen, if Republicans would have voted for the American Rescue Plan and that shit would have passed, they would have gutted all those schools, they would have refurbed them on all that bullshit— and your kids would still be getting jabs coming soon. And still be wearing masks. And still be wearing masks in school. Exactly yeah. reverse. Or well, they'd, be on, they'd be on Zoom shit. meetings even longer because they were still doing the renovations for like 30 years. It's just absolutely ridiculous that, I mean, listen, the left is just using race right now they, they, on, on every level. And, and it's one of those things where it's, it's just not sticking like it used to. Anyone who's... Well, if you use, if you cry wolf enough times... People are going to be like, yeah, no, we kind of don't really believe the racism thing anymore because you literally call everyone a racist, even if they're black. Joe Biden's mentor was a former KKK high-ranking official. Spoke at his funeral, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Hillary's and he was too. one of Hillary's uh, mentor, or not mentors, but what did she say? Mm-hmm. He was like a, a figure in her life or something. Satanic ritualist. 
person. I think she said it was her mentor. Yeah, like, but yeah. Also, Margaret Sanger. Kind of, yes. Yeah, Margaret Sanger. That's what I was going to say. Taught me how to fold my sheets. Well, there you go. <laughs> you got the crease wrong. No. Well, <laughs> negative three KKK points. Let's switch gears. <laughs> we did have some rigged and stolen going on. New Jersey. Uh, we had ridiculously huge turnout for the Republican candidate, Jack Cittarelli over there. Uh, Italian power. Yep. Doing the hand. Oh, I think yeah. reverse you doing the hand. I'm doing the hand. Doing it. Yeah, I did it. We're going down the line. <laughs> Esther, where's yours? Come on. Ma. Oh. oh all right. Now that we've all done it, everybody knows what we're doing. Um, so we go into the wee hours of the morning after midnight. Chirelli's up 50-ish K. And cue the unmarked trucks. Wake up the next morning, rubbing the sand out of my eyes, turn on my television, Murphy plus 2%. Why I, stayed up, all, I stayed up all night and I just kept screenshotting, uh, like refreshing screenshotting. I was so fucking pissed by the time, by like four o'clock in the morning, I almost threw my phone. I was like, fuck this shit. And I went to sleep. I'm like, I can't deal with this. We, ha- we had him flip counties in New Jersey that hadn't been flipped since uh, Chris Christie first ran his first term. We also had, like I said, unprecedented numbers of people come out in general in New Jersey. And we have reports of things anywhere from like tens of thousands of ballots not being counted to 56 machines being filled with votes and then turned off and not tallied in the election. So is that the ones that they transported to a new location in the middle of that? The, How many videos came out already by people like, you know, uh, videotaping them trying to select Chitterelli and it would not let them. But if yeah. they tried the other, the other dude. Yeah. Yeah, the it video. was like with all of them, though, too, because yeah. he was like the only one that you couldn't click on. Has everybody yep. seen the uh, video of the Irishman, mm-hmm. the uh, work yeah. visa, yeah, yeah, yeah. registering to vote and voting? So and literally, te- literally, te- yeah, literally telling the poll watcher, I have no status in the United States. I'm an, I'm an Irishman. She's like, well, we'll just do it and yeah. we'll figure it out. You go ahead and vote and then oh, it's yeah. their job to figure I'm it out. I'm surprised she didn't ask who he was voting for first. <laughs> Maybe he had a T-shirt on. Oh, there you go. How do these people get that job? I just don't get it. Like, there's like. I think you just show up. Yeah, that's the thing. Enough conservatives aren't going out. Show up wearing a beret or something. And getting those jobs. Like, all these conservatives that are like losing their jobs and stuff, you know, they should actually be like become more proactive and volunteer for those positions. I mean, well, mm -hmm. we're too busy working. True. Yeah, that is true. The ones that are not working right now. Working and and not learning how to chess would have been. Right. And and now we know moving forward when we have our our governor's race here in California, you might be one of those people working the polls. Um, So reactionary as usual, lawyers dispensed. There you go. (laughs) Lawyers dispensed. Dispensed. I might have time off. After. No. Anything from the RNC. Good job, Ronald McDaniel, you piece of shit. Um, Again, does absolutely nothing in a race that should be hotly contested. Uh, Jack came out the morning after and kind of gave a little pep speech for the enormous amount of people that came out. Let's kind of hear what he had to say as we're moving forward in New Jersey. Hey, everybody. Jack Chitterelli here. Time for another Jack Chat. This might be the most important Jack Chat yet. Jack Chat. Watch and share. Two days ago, shockwaves were sent throughout our state and the national political world, all because a Republican was in position to win the race for governor here in New Jersey. Despite what the polls, press, and pundits were saying, I knew I could win. Why? Because every time a governor of this state has taken us too far off track, the decent, hardworking people of New Jersey 
have always risen up and said, that's not where we want to go. Currently, Governor Murphy and I are separated by about 1% after 2.4 million ballots counted. There are still tens of thousands of vote-by-mail and provisional ballots yet to be counted. And so, the governor's victory speech last night was premature. No one should be declaring victory or conceding the election until every legal vote is counted. Here is where we stand. First, we're going to allow the 21 counties to continue with the process of counting every legal vote-by-mail and provisional ballot. That could take another week or two, and we've got compliance people watching over that. If necessary, any decision on a recount or audit will come at the very end of the county process, not before. Second, I don't want people falling victim to wild conspiracy theories or online rumors. While consideration is paid to any and all credible reports, please don't believe everything you see or read online. Third, you can report any perceived or real irregularity to the voter integrity hotline set up by the NJGOP. The number is 609-288-2925. Listen, I know how passionate people are about this election and the future of our state. I am too. That's why I worked so very hard the past 22 months to win this election and get New Jersey on a different path forward. Right now, what's most important is for everyone to be patient and let the process play out. Know this, my team is comprised of some of the best legal and political experts in the country. I promise you, whatever the outcome, the election result will be legal and fair. You have my word. Hopefully, we'll be fixing New Jersey together. See you on the next Jack Chat. And hopefully there will be another Jack Chat. Um, I don't hate it. Where he goes, everything's fucked up. Yeah. That's the Jack Chat. So, so what conspiracy theories is he talking about, you think? Like, what uh, is he referring to? I think he's just that stating, the election was rigged and stolen. I think he's just stating that we shouldn't jump to conclusions until the, all the facts are in. Really? It's fucking obvious. Well, that's yeah. a very it's a very political, you know, not trying to yeah, being inflame a situation, I guess. And remember, huh. he does have 20 plus years in New Jersey politics under his belt. Already. Yeah. He's not new to the True. party, but he definitely should have probably embraced some more of the inflammatory items. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to run around like jumping up and down, lighting your own house on fire. But I mean, you could probably just be like, yeah, things look a little weird. Well, the thing is, I mean, I would have said the shit looks fucking rigged and we're going to get to the bottom of it and then people would get way more behind it. I mean, I think it's like high time. People need to stop being so safe. You know, politicians need to just grow a fucking pair. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. And I mean, when it did come to the debate season, people do have short memories, but he destroyed Murphy in the debates. I mean, you just go off the top three things in New Jersey. You have the highest property taxes in the country, higher than California. That's hard to do. Yeah, you have um, the most nursing home deaths in the country during the COVID pandemic. That's easy to do. Beating Cuomo? Well, I mean, all you have to do is just... No, party they taxes the gold they, standard. They have more yeah. than Cuomo? Yeah. In Jersey? Yeah. Wow. Yep. They got a better PR team hiding that one, I guess. In addition to being the only, the second state in the United States to be mandating masks and vaccines for all of their workers, in addition to going after kids now behind California. So you, you mm-hmm. had all of those things there. You could have thrown in a little critical race theory and probably a money scandal, and it would have maybe easily got him over the finish line. But here we are now in a, in a Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada, every other swing state that Donald Trump didn't win on election night now uh, in New Jersey, and, and who knows where this is going to go. But, you know, just no support from the, the RNC and all the idiots down there. Hopefully they got those good lawyers working for them in New Jersey and moving forward. We'll, we'll get a better disposition than we have right now out of there. Can only hope. Yeah, the only other big election that kind of went down 
um, over this week. You know, there was a lot of smaller races across the country. You had conservatives come back in in Wisconsin. You had conservatives come back in and take power in uh, Seattle. You know, you had a lot of you had a lot of wins. You had an Ohio Seattle surprising right a House representative who was coming in for an empty seat that was endorsed by Donald Trump. He was able to get over the finish line and he was sworn in today. Um, what was did we flip? I, I thought I heard like 50. There was a lot. There, there was a lot. It was, right. it, it, yeah, it, it was definitely a big win um, in, in the overall scheme of things, but it would have been nice. You know, history says every time the White House flips, New Jersey has always voted opposite, and it's just weird. Maybe it got to the fact that they knew they were going to lose Virginia by such an overwhelming amount. They were able to make it look smaller and then at the same time steal New Jersey, which I yeah. think, uh, you know, was probably a little bit easier of a win. Um, New York City had a mayoral race. It was Curtis Slewo versus uh, the Democrat challenger there. He was former New York police lieutenant uh, Eric Adams, who now doesn't seem like he's super pro police. It's kind of weird. He, hmm. yeah, it's it just you know he, he's a rhino, so he ran as a Democrat, and uh, he wound up winning by a almost seven to three clip. So you know Curtis Slewa got a little bit over 30% of the vote. And Eric Adams is the new mayor of NYC. Um, he was immediately met with riotous gangs coming from his reception party uh, on election night to his car where people were in his face demanding that the vaccine and mask mandates are to be dropped in New York City. In addition to current New York mayor, uh, Bill de Blasio, had about 100 people show up at his house with garbage. Oh, that was <laughs> awesome. And, and hurl their garbage bags over, over the fences of the uh, mayoral suite. I don't think they had to bring garbage from home. I think garbage is everywhere Court, well, in New York right now. If you were Maybe not that neighborhood. I'm our, sure he's still got trash collection. Our good yeah. friend Mike Crispy, he, he uh, toured the mile of garbage the other day <laughs> live on Right Side Broadcasting. Let's hear what the new mayor of NYC had to say in regards to... Uh, you know, his win after after a heated race in, in the Big Apple. It doesn't matter if you Wait, are is that the is that Cuomo? in Hasidic community, if you're in Flatbush in the Korean community, if you're in Sunset Park in the Chinese community, if you're in Rockaway, if you are in Queens in the Dominican community, Washington Heights, all of you have that power to fuel us. We are so divided right now, and we're missing the beauty of our diversity. We have to end all of this division of who we are, where we go to Russia, what do we wear. No, today we take off the intramural jersey and we put on one jersey, Team New York. I was going to say take off the masks. Maybe that's why they hounded him afterwards. They were like rabid dogs on him. Did you see how close they got? They were like all in his face. I was, was surprised insane. he was walking around. I mean, he had like NYPD like yeah. guards with him or whatever. But I mean, I was surprised at how close they were allowing people to get to him. Yeah. Well, here, I think the NYPD really likes him. Yeah, they're like, whatever. You're on your own, retard. You know, I really watched some of the pundits, the ones in our community, talk about it. And uh, I guess the vibe that I get out of this guy, Eric Adams, is that if he's moderate, New York will be a lot better than it has been for the last couple of years. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, compared to William. Yeah, because you, you you've had a, a like radical the Sandinista. Mm. Anything's better than him at this point, I think. Well, time to switch gears. Mm. We're gonna get into uh, 
Rand Paul versus Dr. Fauci, round so five. So good. And mm-hmm. Rachel Walensky up on Capitol Hill yesterday in a uh, Senate committee hearing. You got to give Fauci some credit for that one. He did a lot less of the... But his voice was trembling. You could hear it. It was. He was, he was, he was seething with too. anger. Hey, real he quick. He writing feverishly. Side note. Sorry, sorry, guests. Antoinette, Noah. I sent you guys the video I made fun of last week of the five soy boys doing the Zoom call with Dr. Fauci. Was I exaggerating on that video I sent to you guys? No. No. Neck beards, glasses, translucent skin, and all waving at the same time. It, it was the most awkward. Like, that Was that edited to make it look worse? No. I mean, it was bad, but like, I mean, did they just have the highlights of the most cringeworthy aspects of that video? That was it. You want to give us some audio of that right now? I don't I'm going to have to look, but... You are part of the problem. Ugh. Wait, that was that was real? Yeah, it was, real. It, it was real. It was real. Hi, Dr. Fauci. Oh, my God. Like it was a step above the guy doing the Mr. Sandman Fauci song or whatever. Yeah. Well. Which somebody needs to change that lyrics to make it, like, torturing animals related. As we get what into. If, well, what about the people that got tattoos, Fauci tattoos? Like, <gasps> or their COVID cards oh. tattooed on their arms. Yeah, they're barcode. Wow. Like, dude, you're like. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're apparently going to need to have, like, I hope their arms are pretty long because that COVID card is going to have to get extended several times. Imagine the tattoo artist, though. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> He's like, well, here's the thing. I know a lot of people who do tattoos. I have a decent amount of tattoos. Yeah. They charge you extra for stupid shit. Yeah. And oh, I would be I willing to bet. That. I swear to God, I was going to say that. They do. <laughs> I would be willing to bet that those COVID cards probably cost as much as some sleeves. It probably cost as much as a fake COVID card, if not more. But they did that then, right? Imagine if they're still retarded sheep, you know, and now they're going to have to keep adding their fucking boost. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tattoo artists that are on the B team also though. So yeah. Speaking of retarded sheep. Yeah. Our friends down at Newsmax have put Emerald Robinson, Jen Sackey's oh, yeah. arch enemy on suspension. What? Ten, what? Ten days without pay. She got time on the beach? Oh, you know, for for making claims you know just, of Luciferese their, yeah, uh, being a component of the mRNA mm-hmm. vaccines. Which which it, which it is. An, it, it's an actual elemental component of those mm-hmm. genes. It is listed. And because she made comments following a fact with, if you want to know how this ends... Go ahead and read this chapter of the Book of Revelations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, re- repeat. Start over. Because oh. you cut out. What did what did she say? Emerald Robinson has been put on administrative leave from Newsmax for making claims that one of the active ingredients in the mRNA vaccine, Luciferase, Luciferase, yeah, is in the vaccine. Oh. And then segued by saying, if you want to know how injecting this stuff into your body ends, go and read this chapter in the book of Revelations. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's a bold wow. move. Yeah. I've, I've been. So she I just mean, went completely her. off script. She just like went off script or. Does she, she doesn't care. Yeah. Why would you? No. She like was when... saying that from the very beginning. But also, did you all hear who one of um, Newsmax's biggest sponsors was now or about to be? 
and I can't remember which one it was. It was either Pfizer or Moderna. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, yeah, that's how you gain control mm-hmm. because you, you uh, attack mm-hmm. them, not from the inside, but you attack them from the outside as being the person who owns them, basically. And I tell you what, over, over the last I mean, 10 months, Newsmax... The Foundation also put money into them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Newsmax, is, Newsmax has changed night and day over the last 10 months. I wonder why. No, they were... Well, they retracted well, their like, just, election fraud stuff, too. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. You had that daytime, the guy who does like their midday show, the guy with the veneers and the puffy hair and wears the suits. He walked off set in the middle of a, a, a segment one time mm-hmm. when Mike Lindell was a guest on their show. He's like, I can't fucking mm-hmm. do this. I can't listen to this mm-hmm. guy. He just walked off. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Who, who's that? Um, what's the main guy? He, uh, military background or family. Oh, Stinchfield. No, fuck. Uh, Greg was- Kelly. Okay. Yes, him. He was he was taking photos with Chrissy Teigen and like tweeting about Helen and shit. Yeah, Ellen, Helen. So much. Yeah. Yeah. He like tweeted out some something about like I think it was like apologizing to her. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, so, it was so much really cringe. And, and what's oh, weird is yeah. is that his family are really high end real estate rollers in New York mm-hmm. City and are really good friends with the Trumps. Yeah, no, for sure. But I don't know if he's like the black sheep that he sold have. out. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a combination of PTSD and substance abuse after he got out of the service and he was just kind of being, because there are some awful photos of him just hammered in nightclubs and stuff before he really got into the news back in the day after mm. he got out of the service. And he was a pretty decorated veteran. I mean, he was a, a pretty tootie to me, though, too. Yeah, yeah, just kind of mm. just kind of some weird stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Emerald's on the beach. Feet She's up, amazing. Hopefully. She is amazing, and uh, it's pretty funny that her suspension comes mm-hmm. at the same time that Jen Zaki's quarantining. Ooh, mm. yeah. So that bitch is in hiding. We know it. Of course, she didn't want to answer <laughs> questions about Sharkgate. It's like it's like yeah. a it's like the. Well, how would she answer that? It's Dude, like uh, the. Well, I need to get out of jail. Ask? I need to get out of Dodge for for a week or so. I'm well, just going to say I got COVID. Donald Trump was asked about it, and we'll get to that later. But first, we're going to tackle this never-ending COVID narrative. Mm. Now, Noah's going to be begging for Jen Psaki to come back by the end of this because Karine Jean-Pierre. It's better the first time. Thank you. Made some <laughs> claims into the validity of Joe Biden's vaccine mandates and, and tied it to the OSHA literature that's coming down. Um, let's see her kind of tiptoe around this bullshit. Narrative. Who owns OSHA now? The Biden regime. Mm. <laughs> How confident is the White House these will hold up in court with a lot of GOP states threatening legal action? So we're pretty we're pretty confident. Uh, the administration clearly has the authority uh, to protect workers, and actions announced by the president are designed to save lives and stop spread of COVID. Uh, DOJ will be defining these laws. Uh, this is a, a once in a generation uh, pandemic, as we know, it's taken more than seven hundred forty thousand lives, and that's what we're trying to do here in this administration. We're trying to uh, to save lives. But I do want to, since you brought up the GOP, I do want to take a step back for a second. Um, um, and um, and just as I mentioned that we have the legal authority and as I mentioned over 740,000 Americans have died you know people are sitting out uh, of the workforce because of COVID concerns right the worst disruption businesses have faced for nearly two years is their employees getting sick with COVID Uh, at at the same time we have tools at our our disposal we know work so these these policies work booster boost vaccination rates uh, as we have seen in short and they protect work 
workers and they save Americans' lives. So, mm. you know, the question that we always have and that we ask to the, the Republicans is why are they getting in the way? Why are they getting in the way of trying to protect and save lives? That's all we're trying to do. And so we have uh, we have an authority to do that. Yeah, you that said was that. The OSHA that was given to OSHA to the a congressional authority okay. to get that done to make sure that we make sure that um, employees are not in danger. Did They're I mention we have the authority? Danger. So this is uh, the direction that we're going because again, this we is about authority. putting the pandemic behind us, uh, making sure that we continue to protect the lives that. of workers and the protect the lives of Americans. Is it fair? They literally all they do is talk in like. Like Repeat trigger Circles. words and, and buzzwords, and it's just a bunch mm -hmm. of word vomit. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Just vague. It doesn't mean anything. I, We're really good keep... people. We promise. Yeah. The <laughs> well, at least they didn't say the vaccine was safe and effective. That's one thing <laughs> they left out. Well, did you hear yeah, about? Was it Italy? Like they changed their their stats. It was yeah. like in the hundred thousands. Now it's like only three thousand people since the start of this all technically like died from the result of covid but still had comorbidities and that yeah, was like, started all the hysteria in europe it's if they went through and they did all that even here it would the numbers would, dr would drastically drop you know you get rid of all the people that had covid when they got hit by a car on their motorcycle or fell off a ladder <laughs> or fell off a ladder yeah it's like that's like i had posted you... a video today and it was like um what was it cdc had been asked about there are people that are currently not working and they're not in the office and right. yeah. it's due to them not being vaccinated. And if they were vaccinated, why would they be at home? You right. Know? Right. Yeah. I saw part of that. She was, and she couldn't answer like anything. Yeah, she she just kept repeating of, herself. Yeah. She couldn't mm -hmm. tell them the percentage of like a uh, vaccinated people or anything. I was going to say, did you all see that Hawaii just went ahead and started um, vaccinating children without parent consent? I did see no. that today. How is that okay for anyone? That senator mm -hmm. is going to be mm -hmm. out of there. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I heard somebody, I don't know if it was on mm -hmm. War Room like or, or one five of the olds Like the young, young ones too? I saw it on InfoWars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the first yeah, kid I mean, that... As far as I know, I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, the first kid that has an adverse effect who was vaccinated without consent of his parents. I mean, that parent's going to be loaded, but still, I mean, like, the kid's hopefully going to be okay, but that stuff doesn't exactly heal. Uh, I mean, listen, if they start doing that, there's going to be a lot of pissed off parents and, like, I mean, really pissed off. Like, they're going to go killing these people. Yeah, you're on an island. Like, you can't escape. Mm -hmm. It's going to yeah. turn into, like, a reality TV show. I would I would go after physically someone if they, if oh, they yeah, absolutely. vaccinated my child. I would not. I mean, it's, ugh, man. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I mean, they're yeah, really no, going to no. push people over the edge. They really they go after well, I think, I think that's what they want. I think yeah. they're trying to bait. I yeah, mean, they need they need the domestic true. terrorists to like they're, they're it's very like the, desperate the right now as well, and I think it's going to backfire. It's going to backfire big time. I was able mm -hmm. to pull that tweet from Emerald Robinson. I just found it, um, and and it says the disposition on it is fact check true. Wait, so she's going to be doing time on the beach because she tweeted something or because she said it on a it news a segment? Tweet. Oh wow, yeah. So th oh. the fact check is true. The Moderna vaccine does contain luciferase. Okay, and she wrote, Dear Christians, the vaccines contain a bioluminescent marker called luciferase. Just so you know, that can be tracked. And then there's dots. Tracked? Read the last book of the New Testament to see how this ends. She's referring to the mark of the beast. Yeah. 
So that, mm-hmm. that that's kind of the, the one that started all. I also pulled up, uh, before we get into the Fauci and Walensky testimony, uh, how the vaccine definition has changed over the last few years. From oh, its yeah. inception through 2015, vaccination. Injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to, underlined, prevent disease. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty normal, standard. Yep. 2015 through 2021, vaccination. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce, underlined, immunity to a specific disease. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, that seems reasonable. Is what it is. I mean, you want to ask uh, some people that have served in our military about the anthrax vaccine and how that was introduced to prevent <laughs> immunity. They probably won't be too happy with it. But uh, now, as of last month, late September 2021, vaccination. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce a underlined protection there should be a question mark after that from a specific disease. Weren't they, weren't there like uncovered emails from a FOIA request that were saying they were actually talking about how the, uh, their di- description of a vaccine was, uh, inconvenient, so to speak. I think there yeah, was something, think like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, well, there's they, literally they emails go along now. They literally do it. Like, yeah, one of the emails says, if this is for the general public, then I'm okay with the changes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Project Veritas even... Um, yeah, I think that's where it was. They did. Yeah. Well, should, should we get to the main event? Ugh. Let's do it. Yeah. You, you ready for the... Well, uh, he didn't do it that much on this one. We'll see. He does get into it. His voice is probably shaking. Heard, He's he angry. probably heard the show. <laughs> you, you making fun of me. Senator Paul, I wrote it down when you were saying it, so I'm reading it back now. No, he literally. Wow, he, he that was it. pretty good. Oh, thanks for doing enough on good. here. Yeah, he, he see like he like says I wrote it while you were writing or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, here we go. Ugh. Fauci, Rand Paul, round one. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeldt of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. True. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Mm -hmm. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the published viruses by the Chinese are COVID. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research. It was risky to share this with the, Ch- with the Chinese. Oh, easy there, and that Ryan. COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. 
You know that, but you continue to mislead. You continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. True. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. I don't. You appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Yeah. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. First of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. Oh! We have spent. Yeah, all right. I don't even want to hear it. That's outside of my yeah. vocabulary. Who knows? Can someone look up the de- definition of nebulous? No, nebulous. Yeah, is, when he said that, I'm I like, use that word. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? I mean, I can what give you the exact. It's just like a very scattered, you hard to nail down. It's just like a general. Hey, and he tried to pull a fast one and change hey, the definition hey. on the website. Yeah, like he the sure day did. <laughs> I mean, they're changing definitions for everything now. Well, what's interesting is you guys know who um, Dr. David Martin is. Yes. I mean, he's the one who, who uh, Mickey Willis did uh, the pandemic documentary. Um, to me, he's the most brilliant spoken person about this whole pandemic mm-hmm. with facts and knowledge because he's been studying it for years and years, even before it happened. But he, he always quotes, which I want to quote, is Peter uh, Dazak? I don't know how to say his name correctly. Um, but he's the one who was the Eco Health Alliance. Yes, thank you. Um, also, a member of the World Health Organization who was part of investigating the origin. Um, and so I just want to read the quote that he said because oh, nice. it is so crazy to me. Because he said, because he said it back in 2015. Um, He said, we need the public to accept a medical countermeasure like a pan-coronavirus vaccine. We need the media to create the hype, and we need to use the hype to our advantage to get it to the real issue. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. That was in 2015. Wow. When... The World Health Organization had already declared coronavirus eradicated in 2008. So all of that to me is incredibly telling. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, that doesn't sound sketchy at all. That seems like everything's right. above board. Not, not I mean, one it's like, bit. It's like in what, 2005 <laughs> when Fauci said hydroxychloroquine was like mm-hmm. a cure, like miraculous, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they're, they're uh, downing um, ivermectin when... Yeah. You know, they require all Im- yeah, immigrants they're, they're to come into the all, country. Yeah, they're giving it to all the immigrants. Um, and then there was a report that there were so many um, congressmen yeah. or whatever that were plus. being treated with yeah. ivermectin. Well, yeah. I think they're more afraid, not just for the COVID, you know, aspect mm-hmm. with ivermectin mm-hmm. and hydroxychloroquine, but it's been linked to curing many, many other things and... Well, and, you know, as a cocktail, cancer, or, you know, cancer HIV, AIDS, mm-hmm. putting a lot of a lot of issues into mm-hmm. remission. I mean, most diseases are caused by parasites. I've, I've said this before on the show. Yeah. And people are really yeah. starting to figure that mm-hmm. out. When back in the day, mm-hmm. I used to talk about this a long time ago to people and they thought, you're fucking crazy. You know, no, people don't have worms. I'm like, you're so- there's microscopic like- parasites in your brain and your blood i mean they mm-hmm. when i was pregnant they would tell me stay away from cat litter and cats because you can get toxoplasmosis gondii yep. and it changes the way you think the way you behave and all that like 
people are mm-hmm. starting to, you know, really, you know, figure that out now. And that's why cat ladies are so crazy. Yeah, I swear to God, no, it's true. I'm telling you, hundred percent. You know that I think I might have said this in the show. They did a study in like a in a psychiatric ward. People that had schizophrenia, they um they, they like cats. Uh, treated them with um, an antiparasitic like ivermectin for tox. They treated them for toxoplasmosis gondii. Over fifty percent right. were completely cured of their schizophrenia, and the mm-hmm. other half. like their symptoms were like extremely relieved like it it, was it's mind-blowing because wow yeah did you see the study like like realizing that there's um like it's within like the food and when you detox from all of this Mm -hmm. i think that's why so many people are realizing with like the things that they eat they drink um you know cleansing themselves and finding like the TRS, um, for example, um, is just releasing all of that. And like, I don't know, I feel like there's so much more people being awake to that side. Um, I mean, from coming from our, our accounts, right, that we're like posting about that kind of stuff too, um, along with everything else we post. Um, And they don't want people to know that because it's taking them away from the money they make off of the medication and yeah. well, look, well it's like if you go back to this like post that i did a few days ago um and it was it actually had the charts that you can go to and look at the different medications for um preventative and then mortality rate so you have the beginning for early treatment and the effectiveness of what medications work and you look at ivermectin on the list and the percentage and how high it is for being effective and treating it. It's higher than hydroxychloroquine even. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even above that are all simple treatments. Same yeah. in mortality rate. You look at remdesivir, it had a 19% effective rate in mortality rate where ivermectin, mm-hmm. hydroxychloroquine, even over-the-counter drugs like quercetin and yep. curcumin and melatonin and povidone iodine, all of those cost a dollar. Remdesivir was over $3,000. Yeah, they can't make money off it. That's why. It's like the the patent Mm -hmm. ran out on ivermectin, so they can't soak people for it. Yeah, we we had Jordan Sarmo on it. But then medic... No, I was going to say... say, But then Medicare is being paid to give people remdesivir. They get bonuses. Well, I think that has a lot to do with, too, like making money, but they also know that people are... They have to know that people are dying because of this so they're under the guise of yeah, treatment absolutely right they're they want more people mm-hmm. to die. so this is their way of you know mm-hmm. inflating the numbers i mean it's really fucked up well, apparently when you go to the hospital now if you're vaccinated they don't do a covid test on you so therefore the numbers mm-hmm. look lower for vaccinated people in the hospital yep. where if you come in and you are to- and you're you tell them that you're not vaccinated they do the PCR test on you, which we know is BS. Um, so it's reducing them. It's all a narrative. It's just insane. Yeah. Yep. And, and it hurts somewhere that um, the people that have been vaccinated bar, but are in the hospital, they are treating them on the, you know, on the DL with um, ivermectin. Yep. But people who aren't, they're giving they them. Are. They are. Absolutely, a fact. Yes. Well, it's a good um, thing they got rid of yeah. most of the nurses that would have uh, blown the whistle on that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting getting back to some of those prices and how the doctors are tied into the pharmaceutical companies. 
Um, I was mentioning Jordan Sarmo was on the show a couple months ago after he had got COVID and it turned into pneumonia. Um, he had had remdesivir and Regeneron, and his hospital bill was over $30,000. Mm. Holy sh! They gave him remdesivir? Yeah. See, that, I think that, you know, I, I can't, I mean, I'm just, you know, wow. speculating here, but I think that he got really sick and didn't heal as quickly as he could have because of the remdesivir. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he also waited 10 days to go and see a doctor. Yeah. Well, I would have done the same thing. <sighs> I tough it out. People need to realize that they cannot, they absolutely cannot take remdesivir. If you, okay, so something that people need to know is if you go to myfreedoctor.com, like Dr. Artis, he's a friend. I love him and his wife. And if you go to their website, they actually have an advanced directive that you can fill out and have it prepared. So if something like this is to happen, you go to the hospital you're in control of your treatment right? and people need to have that because a lot of times they may be awake, but their advocates who speak for them are not. And so they're just trusting what the hospital is telling you. And the hospital protocol is absolutely a kill protocol. Yeah. Say again, where you can find that. Um, It's either at myfreedoctor.com or it's Dr. Artist, the Dr. Artist show website. Um, Maybe we'll link that. Yeah. Yeah, he did a podcast, and you can actually download and fill out that advanced directive. Hmm. Nice. It's probably good to have on hand. You know who's going to oh, need yeah. an advanced directive, I think, in the end? Who? is Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah. As we hear him answer to some mm. of Rand Paul's accusations. Mm. Well, I feel like they're going to get rid of him. Like He's going <laughs> to he's gonna die in like a tragic jet skiing accident or something. How dare you? Jet skiing. <laughs> Well, let's hear like about Harry Mollis. In a swimming Harry pool. Mollis suddenly dies. Coming in hot. Current policy. Um, and coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not changed the definition any definition. On the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well. that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Thank you, Senator Paul. And I would like um, to give the time to Dr. Fauci. Yeah, well, there were so many things that are egregious misrepresentation yeah, well, here, uh, Madam Chair, that I, I don't think I'd be able to refute all of them, but just a couple of them right. for the listens to hear for. You have said that oh. I'm unwilling to take any responsibility the for the current for pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. The current pandemic. Hey, what is okay, that? The number two. You said the overwhelming amount of evidence indicates that's a lab leak. I believe most card-carrying viral phylogenists and molecular virologists would disagree with you. No, they don't. That Mm -hmm. is much more likely, even though we leave open all possibilities, it's much more likely that this was a natural occurrence. Third, you say we can tested 80,000 animals and no animals have been found with COVID. Senator Paul, the time is for And third, you made a statement just a moment ago that's completely incorrect, where you say we continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You approved it in August of last year. No, no, your statement says, quote, I wrote it down as you were writing. He was writing? You continue to support research 
at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You were in committee a month ago and said you still trust the Chinese scientists and you still support the research over there. You said it a month ago Senator in committee. Senator Paul, I have allowed Dr. Fauci to respond. You've had your time. Stop I'm going to give you a reason. to be dishonest, he ought to be challenged. Senator Paul, we will allow Dr. Fauci to respond after you've given accusations like that. Dr. Fauci. Well, I don't have any more to say except to say that, as usual, and I've, I have a great deal of respect for this body of the Senate, and it makes me very uncomfortable to have to say something, but he is egregiously incorrect in what he says. Damn. Thank you. Thank History you. will figure that out on its own. So oh. We will turn to Senator Hassan. Thank you. I put the dam in the wrong spot. There you go. They just keep wow. coming. Fauci funded over 60 projects at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I mean, that's on record. <laughs> you could just sit there still, like, after everything that's come out. Well, he can't and, admit it. Like, what's he going to do? Admit no, of course. it? And just get, I mean, like, he can only double down now. Tarred yeah. and feathered in the streets. Not that he shouldn't be, but he'd be he a domestic terrorist if he did he that. His it. own agency fucking admitted it. <laughs> hey, come on. Well, He's over here just trying to cover his ass. For like the average person, the average person doesn't even know what gain of function even fucking means. Nope, they don't. And they, they have no idea what it even means. It just goes in one ear and out the other. And it's just like, oh, whatever. It's mm -hmm. just science talk. I have no idea what it means. Fauci's and, like the uh, junkie with like the, the cocaine in his pocket or meth in his pocket. He's like, those aren't my pants. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. How did that get there? <laughs> These aren't my pants. <laughs> Crazy. Well, if you're ready for a heap and helping of hypocrisy. Yeesh. When it was Rachel Walensky's turn to testify, she was asked by no friend of ours, Bill Cassidy, mm. who's also had enough of this whole bullshit COVID narrative. Yep. What's going down at the CDC in regards to vaccination numbers? A lot of deflection on this one. Oh, the answer might surprise you. He might have to talk to somebody else. <laughs> he referenced janitors. percent of CDC employees are vaccinated. We're actively encouraging vaccination in all of our employees and doing a lot of education and outreach in order to get our agency. Oh, so they're saying no. And the, but the percent? I, I don't have that for you today. I'm told that 75, to, um, some north of 75% of CDC employees at headquarters are still working remotely. Is that correct? Um, we are following uh, regulations through HHS and the federal government. No, that's not my question. Hmm. I, I apologize to be rude, but, but, but I'm asking a very straightforward question. I've been told that north of 75% of employees at, at, at CDC headquarters are working remotely. Is that correct? Senator, I don't actually know the number off the top of okay, my head. Okay, when you so look I'd down the to... hallway, are there empty desks? Are over 50% of the desks empty? Senator, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. What I will tell you, you is that eyes? we're working closely within HHS and the administration to follow the governmental rules for returning. There was a recent oh, GAO report that shows, like in the, at least in the last two weeks, that there's been no coordinated response from the federal government to get people back into work. Now, if there's any agency that, since we have teachers in Fulton County are back at work, that the caseload of COVID in Fulton County is about 88. At its peak, it was 606. Uh, if what I've been told by someone who, frankly, kind of knows, that people in laboratories are not showing up. I have no clue how people, how laboratory workers who presumably are vaccinated wearing PPE would consider themselves eligible to stay at home. Uh, I say this because I just want to echo, we got to lead by example in the federal government. If our public health agencies don't have enough confidence in the immunization mm -hmm. and in the PPE to go back to work, fighting infectious diseases there's going to be a lot of undermining of, an, of a willingness 
to further fund public health. We absolutely have our essential labs back at work conducting their essential research towards this response. And um, we are following the regulations and providing technical assistance and technical support to the federal government for return to work policy. She looked down the table at Fauci before she started answering that last question. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then she went back real quick and she like flipped help me, her hair. And help me, Uncle Fauci. She was like, help me, Uncle Fauci. You're my only with... hope. Aren't they exempt, though? The, like yeah, they're squadrons. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Says. Of course. Just like the so White House staff. And the DOJ yeah. and the U.S. Postal Service. Every White Lottery. House staff, everyone else except. Well, if you everyone listen to Dr. Robert Malone, he's the one that. But um, I, I highly recommend going and looking at his interviews. He's the one who's one of the inventors of the mRNA vaccine. So he's obviously pro-vaccine, but he is not pro-mass vaccination, doesn't like what's happening. And he specifically talks about Walensky and Fauci and um, what he thinks is going on there. Yeah, Judy Mikovits too. I mean, even Luc Montagne, mm-hmm. like the guy that won the Nobel Peace Prize for discovering HIV says you can cure it. It doesn't cause AIDS, you know, basically saying Fauci's a fraud. And this was years and years ago. And other virologists that worked with Fauci say the guy is a bullshitter. He's well, the dangers of continuing on with a mass vaccination program with a vaccine that's not effective and is quote unquote leaky is actually more dangerous than anything else you could possibly do. Like stopping this immediately would be the best course of action. We've gone from- And that's what Dr. Malone says. Yep. It's it's the children, adding the children to it is the final blow. And that's because yeah. the children are the ones that are actually saving us um, by creating the herd immunity. Yes. And vaccinating the children is the absolute nail in the coffin. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you had something that was advertised at, 97 plus percent at the end of the Trump administration now low 40s just like Biden's poll numbers which consequently and you got the the hill reporting i mean the hill reported what just a few days ago the headline was the vaccinated spread the virus yep. just as much as the unvaccinated yeah. that was coming More. directly from the hill and that's like a pretty yeah. It's not like a far left publication, but pretty left. And then you still see signs at places. Yeah. You still see signs at places where it's like, if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask and you don't have to social distance, but if you are vaccinated, yeah. You carry a higher viral load um, when you're vaccinated and you're constantly shedding where if you get it naturally, you shed it for a small time period and then you excrete it. You're done. You're no longer contagious Mm -hmm. where they, it's a different subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I obviously like messaged both of you guys, Noah, Roan. Um, I had it and that was my second time and the whole family got it. Yep. And um, it was actually all of our second time besides the baby. So I have a one and a three and a half year old and they both got it. We didn't get them tested, but I, we had to, me and my husband had to, because of work in order for us to stay home, had to be tested. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb, I know, but we got tested and I refuse obviously to get my kids because there's no, there's no reason to get them. Um, ours came back positive. We also had the symptoms. So we already knew that we had it. Um, and the kids were so resilient. They, I get like, it hits everybody differently. And we easily could see that in our own family of four and it hit every one of us differently um but the kids were so resilient i mean i think 
my daughter had cold, like cold symptoms. Um, she had some weird, like eye thing going on, which I had, which was a strange symptom. Um, and then it was almost like allergic reaction, but it was like COVID itself, just trying to, the infection trying to push itself out of it, out of the, my body. Right. And the way it was pushing itself out was through my eyes. So strange, but like I even went to the doctor. Doctor said I had no idea like what's going on. It looks like an allergy. She couldn't even tell what it was. Hmm. But my daughter had it. And then the baby was pretty much just like had to change his diaper nonstop. And that was it. Um, otherwise, the kids were great. No fever. I think my daughter had a fever for 24 hours and then was over it. Gave her some Tylenol and put her to bed, put them both in the bath and good to go. No. So how long, how many days were you sick for? So it was strange. I would say I probably was sick for maybe four days and then, um, and then you took some Motrin and changed your socks and you were fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I messaged you and I was like, I feel fine. Like no big deal. Um, but my taste and smell was gone for, I would say, probably two, two and a half weeks. I don't remember if I ever lost my sense of smell when I was sick. I was like, I was out of it for like one full day where I was just like sweating. You know, that, that became such a common side effect later in the game. Yeah. That people were just like afraid. Like, I don't, I I feel like I can't taste right now. It's like, well, yeah. Usually when I get the flu, like I'm so congested. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like taste isn't something that, I mean, unless you drink like orange juice or lemon juice, you know, you kind of get like the, the taste buds going in the back of your mouth. But in regards to just normal, like, could I taste or could I smell like, no. And that's one of those things where it's a, it's a predictive thing, a conditioning thing for people. You start telling them all these particular side effects and stuff like that. And then immediately, like, even though it seems like it would have been normal when you have the flu to not be able to taste stuff, like now it's this amazing, like COVID thing that happened. Yeah. An ET tent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've heard about this before. I mean, I've been around for 37 years and I've been sick before and I've had the flu and it's pretty normal to lose your sense of smell and taste. I was, yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I felt I mean, like this is so different though. Like, I mean, I've had sinus infection. I've, you know, I can't like really taste or smell with that. But this was like almost like my taste buds were wiped and I could just yeah. take, like, tell that something was supposed to be bitter or I could tell that it was supposed to be sweet. But it was just so strange um, in that matter. Like I would, I was drinking beer. It was summertime, drinking beer. And it probably I, helped. <laughs> yeah, you know, outside tanning and drinking beer. And I could tell that it was bitter, but I couldn't taste that. What, you know, like I knew it was supposed to be beer. I knew it had alcohol in it, but there was no flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But next thing you know, <laughs> I'm drunk because I <laughs> went through too many. Yeah. My husband had the same thing. Go ahead. Sorry. When did you get sick? Was it after people started getting vaccinated? Just curious. Cause I'm, I'm thinking something. Yeah. So I actually had it back. So the first time I had it was in February, beginning February. And okay. that's when I, like my lungs, everything, I was hit hard with it, but I just thought cold. We didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Second time was back in beginning of August. Okay. 
You know, what I'm finding, a lot of people are not, so people are getting tested for COVID. We know the tests are bullshit. So I have a really hard time believing that it's COVID that everybody's getting. I, I yeah. truly believe it's a, a like a mutated version of the flu because they started yeah. a new quadrivalent flu uh, vaccine. They did this in Italy, which is why a lot of the elderly were hit really hard because there's, and you can look it up. I don't know how to say it. Like, you know, exactly all the ingredients, but they have like swine flu and all this other bullshit in there and part, you know, SARS in there as well. So, I mean, a lot of people are getting that type of vaccine, flu vaccine now, and it's shedding and it's giving people like, you know, it's mutating the flu. And um, that's what I believe happened to my, my family because my entire family just got it. My yeah, two daughters, their fiance and husband, my husband, uh, his entire family got it. And we had, we were all gathering together because we had lost our father. Um, so we were at a funeral and there was a woman there who tested positive and she had just had her booster, her first oh. booster tested positive in my gut. I believe that the shedding from that booster is what exposed everyone. And I'll tell yeah. you this. I think Delta is not to be taken lightly. I really do. I saw what happened to my family. And if I wouldn't, if I didn't have the connections that I had to be able to get budesonide, hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. um, ivermectin, doxycycline, all of those things, it would have been a lot worse because I sat here and watched it happen to my family. My mm -hmm. daughter um, ended up getting pneumonia. Um, wow. It took her longer to get over it because she was pregnant. My husband was actually really fearful that he was going to end up in the hospital on a vet. That's how serious it was. Um, I do think Delta is way more serious than the original version. Yeah, I think it's completely um, different. But early treatment is the cure. But Esther, was that the first time that they had it? It is. It's, it's real. Yeah. It was, it was, none of us have had it before. I actually thought I had it before, but I mean, I never social distanced from him the entire time, took care of him. My other daughter came to town, you know, never once did I stay away, but I also followed Dr. Zelenko's um, protocol. I mean, I literally take everything on his list and I didn't get it. And I thought, well, it's because I have antibodies because I think I had it a year ago. Well, I went and got my antibodies tested. I don't have antibodies. Just so I don't know. Did you get the, yeah. uh, the, the blood test for antibodies or just the, the little PCR test for antibodies? Because they're, it's blood not going to show up. Oh, you got the blood test, blood test. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got the blood I test, blood test. Thing. Uh, the, the thing I think it is the problem. So my, my son, he's not vaccinated. None of my kids are. I'm not. We never do any of that. Like not even at birth. I refuse vitamin K, the hepatitis, obviously. I mean, your baby's not sexually active or an IV user. I, yeah, um, I've said that too. I just don't yeah, understand. Vitamin K has a black box label. Like it's, it's bad. It's, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous, but I refuse all that. I had to sign so many papers. They were so bad with me. And while I was pregnant, they were so hardcore about me getting vaccinated. This was three years ago, but he's not vaccinated. I mean, every time it's like vaccine season, he gets sick because of all the shedding from all the kids shedding, like, it's like clockwork. Um, mm -hmm. And then I get a bit of it too, because when he's around playing with other kids, but he's so resilient, he gets better right away. I took him to the doctor, I mean, like about a month ago, just to get him checked out. 
they wanted to swab him for COVID. And I was like, no, I was like, you're going to swab him for flu. I want to rule that out first, not COVID. And then they're like, well, you know what? Maybe we don't, you know, he, we don't need to swab it, you know, and they just did not, they didn't want to do it at all then because well, it's because the other one was going to say it was COVID. I'm yeah. sure the other one's going to say it's flu. No, no. If, the, I mean, the, if that was the, the case, they wanted to do the and COVID then obviously one, yeah. COVID and I would prove him wrong. So how is he positive for flu and COVID? And that's the problem that I think people are having because there was, I think it was a Yale a professor who took all these supposed COVID positive test results and actually tested them properly. They all tested positive for flu, none for COVID. Mm. Mm. I think that. it was like over 2000 um, tests or something like that. Totally well, that's what Carrie Mullis was saying. Carrie Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, he was calling yeah. out Fauci right before he suddenly died. Yeah. You know, he was saying that test isn't meant for what they're yeah. using it for. Yeah, they use it for the AIDS, AIDS epidemic too. Yeah, just like it wasn't meant for AIDS. HIV. Crazy. Well, that's like I go to a military base and. Um, I stopped taking my kids there unless it's just for an annual checkup or whatever, you know, 18 month checkup kind of uh -huh. thing. But I stopped taking my kids there because they automatically with them being sick, they just right away go to, oh, we're going to COVID test. I'm like, okay, well, there, how is it that we just automatically dismiss everything else? And we're like, it's COVID let's check for COVID. And I just, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. So I, took my kids somewhere else. And now I go somewhere obviously closer to me. Um, and it's a little bit more process to get our insurance to go through, but I was, they right away were like, okay, we're going to look at this and this and this. And I was like, okay, are you going to check for COVID? They're like, no, um, because there's more things than just COVID. I was like, you're my type of people. Yeah, and, and sure enough, my kid had pneumonia and oh. Yeah, so they went and looked at him, did a chest x-ray, find out he has pneumonia, and they didn't even do a COVID test. And I was like, thank you, because there's other things in life yeah. than just COVID, and you know? They're, they're obviously getting, you know, benefits for testing for of COVID. Course. I mean, I had a heat stroke. I play tennis competitively, and I had a heat stroke, went in with four hours of full body cramps in the ER, and the first thing they wanted to do was test me for COVID. Oh, and I refused, lovely. and then the doctor hated me after that. Well, yeah, because they get funding. <laughs> well, I couldn't even get a doctor or a pediatrician for my son because he's, he's not vaccinated at all, and we're not COVID vaccinated. I called six pediatricians, you know, just to have one, you know, like, you know, like the primary care, none of them will accept us. So I, that, if I have wow. to, go, yeah, disease, not one. And it was crazy. I even had a conversation with the actual doctor on the phone. I was like, they're like, well, you know, it's, you know, uh, what, what do they say? Uh, immunocompromised people in the office, you know, you might be a danger to them. I said, are you kidding me right now? Like, what are you talking about? Everybody's compromised by going to a doctor's office waiting room because people are there, there that are sick. It's they, yeah, that's like. Then mm -hmm. they told me it doesn't. Um, at the end, they said, "Well, it's not our belief system. You know, our belief system is you must be vaccinated. That's why we won't accept anybody that won't adhere to the CDC guidelines and the immunization schedule." And I'm uh, like, the branch covidians. You yeah, know, we're basically like, cow brain, cow yeah. brain idiots. Yep. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. So I was like, okay, fuck you. And then if I need to go anywhere, I'll go to urgent care <laughs> or my chiropractor, who is also a holistic doctor, who's pretty amazing. So I've been saying this for a while, though, like whenever in our lifetime have people went, 
gotten sick and say, oh, I need to go get a test so I can put a brand name on this illness. Like, yeah, what does it matter what it's called? Like you're like, sick. Why do you test yourself when you don't feel like anything's wrong with you? You have no symptoms. Like since when do people fucking do that? Why go get tested if you know you're already sick? Like, why do you have to put a name on it? Like exactly. kids have been getting a flu for years. When have we ever had a flu test? Right. No. Yep. Well, it's right. Sick. Let's test them for the flu. Like. Well, they don't give you two free weeks you, off. Did, did you guys? Did you guys see Doctor Zelenko's newest bomb drop? Um, which he says I can't prove it, but he highly believes it to be true, and it honestly makes a lot of sense. He said that when he was, you know, treating all his patients for COVID, he would do the tests, but along with testing for COVID, he would test for flu. Hmm. No flu positive tests Mm, so every year how many flu cases do we have thousands and thousands of flu positive tests so during the covid outbreak there were no flu so he was suggesting that they're releasing flu every year and this this time they didn't release flu they released covid it makes total sense to me they do it through the vaccine so as well because i mean i think Mm -hmm. what 16 percent effective and every year it's well, now they're trying to make the flu shot mRNA as well. Like oh, they're good. trying to sneak mm-hmm. in the COVID shot and as the flu shot. But that's interesting. It makes it's either that or they're changing the tests. So it's negative for flu, positive yeah. for COVID, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know you guys mentioned being compromised a little bit ago and you want to know who definitely is. Resident who? Biden. Mm. Resident Brandon, we're going to touch on a lot of this as we round third and head into our last segment. The bad week for for the Brandon administration just got worse. (laughs) So you would think it's common practice for Secret Service agents to talk amongst themselves. So ones that could be detailed to Brandon and have participated in things like Shark Week might commingle. Via text message with the ones who are detailed to President Trump. So he was asked yesterday on a podcast. So they got a group tech, a group chat going. About some stuff that might have happened or not in the Vatican last weekend. His, his answer was pretty interesting. Let's hear what he said. Is he? There's something wrong with him. There really are. Something wrong with Biden. Something wrong. I mean, his trip was a total disaster. Between the Pope and everything else, it was a disaster. He was very late for probably a certain reason that they talk about. And uh, his trip was so bad. And he wants to give our country away to climate change. Do it. They- well, what do you think? God, he, 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 was, he was super oh, late. True, I love him so much. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> you probably too. know what I mean. It's good to take it in light. It's sad that it's actually happening. Um. I, I just I think, think that that secret service agents like think I bet they're having a field day between each other with this. My neighbor is actually a secret service agent. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't think he's active right now, but he's busy he changing does, diapers. Like, Intel. I want to see if he knows anything. You know, the whole thing's just so sad. Like that's who we have in our administration, you know, and poor guy, honestly, like to be put on the, on the forefront, forefront of as our president. And that is, how things are going. You yeah, know? Shame, uh, on the people, shame on the I people that propped him up. I 100% believe that there's somebody behind. 
that there is somebody behind him before he goes to hell when he dies. I think this is like God, like this is the the first punishment before the eternal punishment. Oh, when they say poor guy, I mean like that dude is sick. He's like he's sick, and he's literally like two days away from his deathbed. You know, I don't even know if he's in there. I feel like they did some crazy shit, like like took out the by like some real stuff like droning I don't know. put something else in there somebody else is speaking for him some like yeah he does mm-hmm. act like he got a lobotomy it's kind of scary well, i mean yeah. he, he, and he, his he body movements his body movements are really weird to me they are if we all like that metaphysical aspect very, feel like he's been like cleansing. possessed by some ghost <laughs> i mean the, the actual joe biden did have two major brain surgeries so I think we forget about that over the course I don't, of time. I don't know about that. I mean, I think they lie a lot about well, their what? medical procedures. Maybe they did give him a lobotomy. I mean, he did have a brain aneurysm, but I, I'm also in the in the in the in the segregation of the real Joe Biden died a long time ago. I think so too. I feel that's, like that's not him. I, I mean, he, if this is a real one, he rapidly deteriorated. And there oh, must yeah. there must have been something that triggered it. I don't I know people in my life that, you know, are close to my family that have, you know, um, dementia or an, an Alzheimer's. This is like way like extremely rapid the way like he declined. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just side to side facial comparisons like, from five years there's ago. Certain things that he's done, like actions or certain way he has the way he speaks on things or the fish fist clenching. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had family a family member of mine who's not here with me with us anymore, but um, who died and he had dementia and Alzheimer's and some of the same little things that Biden does. My family member used to do as well. So that's why I don't know. I mean, obviously everybody acts differently, but it's interesting I mean, to I don't me know who because, the hell it is, but somebody's yeah. sick, you know, some, there's something wrong with him, um, whether it's him or it's not him, but yeah, there's something know. seriously wrong. I mean, yeah. this is an actor, it's a really good one. There's a rumor going around that, uh, that Biden might get COVID this month. Oh, and imagine that. <laughs> Crazy I, I was thinking that I was thinking that yesterday. <laughs> Yep. One of his, uh, just today, I think oh, yeah, yeah. Today, one of his staffers tested positive for COVID. They're setting uh, the scene. It's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. Setting, I, setting I the stage. getting worse, you know? Yeah. Well, it's always interesting to me because I always think they withhold treatments. They withhold treatments for AIDS. They withhold treatments for cancer. Oh, I feel course. like all of that has been discovered. I yeah, do. And I look no at money RBG in as point, you know, right. case in point. I mean, most people get pancreatic cancer. They don't make it. No. I mean, right. think about how long, how long she had, had that and was still yeah. trucking. Well, that's I mean, what I there's something to that. With Biden, for example, if he really does have dementia, if this is the real Biden, for example, um, they've got so, they have access to so many things that we can only imagine. Why, why wouldn't mm-hmm. they use it on him? Unless this is all being done on purpose, you know? Yeah. Which, um, which is where I yeah well if they actually come out and say biden has covid it's totally it, it's over going on because it's over i feel like if he did test positive why would they even tell us they right. would probably want to keep that a secret yeah because he's been obviously vaccinated vaccinated. Too, right right yeah he's, he's had two vaccines and a booster 
and him, and, and him, and o- him overcoming it is not a feel good story. And, and yeah. neither is the current democratic narrative that they're pushing the woke, stupid behavior that has cost them now a governorship in addition to mm-hmm. seats all across the country. Um, resident creeper and former Clinton strategist, James Carville weighed in. Yeah. From his crypt on, <laughs> on just how this wokeness is really hurting uh, the brand inside of the aisle right Looking now. Looking at these results, uh, your party, uh, what went wrong? What went wrong was just stupid wokeness. All right, you just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police. Lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. Which is 100 percent true. Yeah. And, and that costs. Them. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, 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 it's but it's true. And it costs some big mad up on Capitol Hill and, and throughout the Beltway. Mama Bear herself, Ooh. Big Nance, mm. was not happy with Good morning. the week of the Brandon administration's been having. And uh, some breaking news over the course of our show. It's Sunday morning. The infrastructure and reconciliation has been now vote delayed for a third time because she doesn't have the votes. Aww. It seems like the growing mansion and cinema... Um, People in the Democratic Party are pulling more representatives and senators away from tying their name and possibly their political career to this. Let's hear as a big Nance weighed in before we get to my favorite Democratic senator, the Great Wall of Mansion. Nancy Pants. A number of the Virginia Democrats were very critical of the decision not to put the infrastructure bill on the floor before yeah. the election, and they say that contributed to Terry McCullough's loss. Do you believe the House Democrats in any way were partially responsible for what happened on Tuesday? Was that, was that a question you asked? It's similar. <laughs> <laughs> what I said was any sign of progress is always good for the public when they understand what it is, and I think they understand infrastructure pretty well. So it would have been better if we had. I don't know because I haven't seen the data. Perhaps you have. I think there were other issues at work in that election and uh, it remains Who's not paying for the first round? to make a, a, an observation unsubstantiated by data and science and fact. I'm very scientific about elections. Oh, so scientific. District by district, within the district, <laughs> region scientific. by region, and we'll see what that is. But it was not a good night. That's a wine glass, not a beaker, not lady. Go away from that. But you have to ask them. Uh, if, if that's what they said, that's your story. I'm not going to comment on their story. You just did. So she was big mad. And that's in, that's in <laughs> contrast to Big Manch, who, as of late, hasn't been able to walk down the street. He's had kayakers show up at his houseboat. <laughs> kayakers. And, and yesterday he had... Uh, Immigrant activists Uh-oh. riding on the hood of his Maserati <laughs> coming oh, out of the okay, congressional yeah. parking garage. Yeah. I was like, she's like going to run over. At least they were in the trunk. Like, hurt him, not the car. It's <laughs> only when he crosses the border. Um, Brett Bear caught up with him. No friend of the show here. 
best known for calling everything at 1% wrongly. <laughs> was kind of taken back off of uh, probably trying to hear a very Democratic answer from the Great Wall of Mansion, but got something unexpected when he asked him about uh, being in the eye of the storm. Ooh. At the pump, who's to blame? President Biden says OPEC uh, is to blame. Others say climate policies have changed the dynamic. What do you well, say? I say that we can basically do more for ourselves. We've been energy independent for the first time in 67 years. That's a Trump Why policy. Why can't we do more? Why can't we produce more? We've got plenty of natural gas. My state, beautiful state of West Virginia, has an ocean of natural gas under mm. it. If they just let us build a pipeline, we oh. can get the product to market. Wait, what? And why don't we do more drilling? And why don't we do more, basically, production in the United States? I'm not depending on OPEC. Where I'm not depending on other countries for my where? energy anymore. <laughs> we know how to do it. We have the technology. We should be resi- relying on ourselves. So is the president wrong in that? I have a difference of opinion. Oh. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about process because the House is moving forward with both of these bills. And we've got reporting from Chad Pergram, a group of five moderate Democrats insisting that the bill, the Build Back Better sure. bill, get a full CBO, Congressional Budget Office, score before it goes to the floor, potentially as early as tomorrow. As a result, Democratic leaders are trying to force the issue, mm-hmm. pressure these moderate Democrats to vote yes. Moderate Democrats, were told, are irate that they are having to fillet 2,135 pages of new legislation on the fly. Quote, we resent it, said one moderate Democratic source. This is only strengthening our resolve. What do you say to those moderate? I would say to all. He said basically no score, no vote. And as we were able to confirm today, following that interview, they had a vote on the election integrity. That was the uh, free for all, everything, Facebook, no IDs. Uh, election season is 17 weeks long. That was shot down last night. And then today, infrastructure and reconciliation both shot down. Oh, Facebook, like they're just going to take likes as votes now? Right. <laughs> no votes, <laughs> five Dems, plus, plus, plus. And like I mentioned, no CBO score. So no one knows how much it's going to cost. No one knows if they want to vote on it because at this point it could be their political career. Um, I do always save the best for last. Mm. We, we have a... Uh, and you're going to like both of these, Noah. Okay. It, it, it's a duel. They're having a duel? Close. Oh. thought it was Fauci and Rand Paul with pistols. So, <laughs> even better. Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. Oh. So, he jammed him up yesterday asking about the 450 k for immigrant families. Oh, this is brilliant. And uh, we do have a follow-up from not Jen Psaki, <laughs> but... You think her- the guy in the earpiece was, like, taking a swig of coffee and he's like... Ooh! What would he called it? Garbage? <laughs> Which he actually did. Let's listen and hear how this exchange went down. Not the way forward, Mr. President. As you were leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under under the last administration. That's not going to happen. You know, the only way that could have gotten better if he would have been like, $450,000, come on, man. You know how there's yeah. all those... Even he thinks it's bullshit and it's ridiculous. 
There's all those oh. memes of uh, like the FBI agents when they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. They're like pulling their yeah. headphones off because they can't <laughs> believe what they heard or saw. <laughs> that had to be one of those moments for them. Um, but like they lit, like they already put that out as a as a potential thing. And he's going to just act like he's shot. never heard of it. <laughs> he's like, what are you out of your mind? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> Peter Ducey, he's a opportunist. They had the five or the 9 a.m. vaccine event, which he hemmed basements up there, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing he's going to be sitting with an empty chair next to him. Emerald Robinson sent down to the farm team, not yep. allowed in the press room. Yeah. So he's got all the questions to ask. And even better, they don't have the race in there. They have the backup pitcher. So he decided to roll with it and ask, what does the administration have to say when the president says the thing that you leaked last week, he considered garbage and wasn't going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> A very interesting <laughs> President Biden is calling these reports about the administration paying up to $450,000 to illegal immigrants who are separated from family members garbage. He says it's not going to happen. But the ACLU says that it is. So who is right? Are you talking about the question you asked him yesterday? Yes. So um, if it saves taxpayer dollars and puts uh, the disastrous history of it the doesn't. previous administration's use of zero tolerance and family separation behind us, the president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation with the U.S. government. You know, DOJ can obviously speak more to that process. Oh, the president was, what he was reacting to uh, was the dollar figure that was mentioned, that you mentioned to him yesterday, uh, as press accounts to date right. indicate. There's been press accounts on this. DOJ made clear to the plaintiffs that the reported figures are higher than anywhere that a settlement can land. Again, this is a this is something that the Department of Justice can can speak to. I, I do not have anything more to add but, to this. But if it's not if he's not okay with four hundred fifty thousand dollars, how much money is he okay giving? <laughs> this is something again, Peter. This is something that the Department of Justice is going to handle. I just laid he out what garbage. he was thinking and how this is the process was moving forward. I the, the DOJ. <laughs> We'll talk to the specifics and, of and this. And so what changed then from yesterday? You're saying that he would be perfectly well, comfortable settling with these families who broke the law to come here. But yesterday he said that's not going to happen. I, first of all, let's remember how we got here, how we got to a place where oh, we're dealing with families uh, old being man with dementia? This is coming from the last administration, cruel, inhuman, oh. immoral, di- immoral uh, policy wow. against, against, against just people. It's separating children from their families, 18-month-olds, two-year-olds, five-year-olds from their families. That's how we got here is because of the last administration. This is what we're trying to deal with here in this administration. So let's be very clear of how we got here and what's happening. Anything else that you would like to know about this? Again, I'll I'll, I'll send you to the Department of Justice. And after we heard those uh, Senate Senate (laughs) committee hearings last week where Merrick Garland was in there, we all know how he answers questions. I can only imagine how he would deal getting dish this whopper. <laughs> so I mentioned Josh Hawley, Ted Cruiser, yeah, or Tom Cotton asking them about this one. Mr. Garland, I asked you a question. Answer the question. You're a judge. You know how to answer questions. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, it was awful. Don't worry. It's getting better. <laughs> Noah, I know you haven't heard this one, but it's great. And it came out of the woodwork yesterday, and it probably had something to do with the no vote today on infrastructure and reconciliation. 
So, Roger Marshall, out of Maryland, he's a senator. Not really well-known, extremely non-prominent, and far from a huge voice in the Senate, has come up with a plan. No vaccine mandates or no infrastructure. Joe Biden, you pick. If he's not going to pull back the mandates, he'll never get the votes to pass his budget. With a threat of shutting the government down over this because they oh, feel yeah. it's so wrong. This is this is late wow. breaking. Yeah, it came out late yesterday. And here's the thing. I well, wanna... the difference is with the vaccine mandates, the, the people that work for the government might have a little bit of time off. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Um, I had some, I had some people messaging us lately, and they asked about certain things that we play on the show. Now, I have a is method. Oh! Hey, we're not there yet. Well, listen. <laughs> I mean, you only got three clips left, so you, you still have – this is going to be two weeks in a row that you haven't used the fully. Yeah, I got you know, to keep it for – Okay, well – Here's the thing. People have asked me, they're like, hey, Stakes, you play all these clips on your show. Why don't we ever, well, you don't put them in your Telegram. You don't put them on your Instagram. Because we you work for a living. Well, no, that's not the thing. When I find stuff that's going to be in the show, why would I retweet it and post it on Instagram and put it in our Telegram if you're just going to listen to it and then could care less on whether or not we commentate on it, regardless of our guest caliber, which is always high. Mm-hmm. Even when Nancy Pelosi's on. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is. Good morning. I found this clip yesterday, and I haven't seen it anywhere else. It's been overwhelmingly scrubbed, which is hard. You have to specifically look for this guy's account, and then fi- it'll have, like, dates of last year, dates of, like, January of this year uh, when he sat down with, like, Meet the Press in June. And then finally this thing from yesterday came up where he talked about it. Very interesting. I, I-, I hope it's a good shot in the dark. Let's hear what he had to say Bill about President it. President Biden was listening to the people of Virginia yesterday. In a state that he won by double digits, a Democrat governor lost. I think the Virginia people were telling the president, we still value our freedoms, our individual liberties. Mm. I hope the president heard loud and clear to never get between a mama bear and her cubs. And whether the issue is our school curriculum, guardrails for our school curriculum, or if the issues is a vaccine for our children, or maybe making that choice between a jab or a job, for those children's parents that the president is listing that we still value our individual liberties. I want the people of Kansas to know I'm up here working just to protect those civil liberties, all of our God-given rights that we've been given. I want the people of Kansas, I want Congress, I want the president to know that we are going to use every tool in our toolbox, every arrow in our quiver to stop Joe Biden's unlawful vaccine mandate. Hell yeah. Including, if we have to, stopping cloture on the CR to fund the government unless they take out this language which harms hardworking Americans. You know, it was just months ago that we asked heroes to run to the sound of this battle, to this epidemic. A time when we didn't know what the consequences were, what the morbidity and the mortality was from this virus. We asked nurses and healthcare workers, emergency responders to run to the sound of this battle. We asked truck drivers to drive our supplies. We asked people in the meatpacking plants to keep that meat being processed. We asked people at Wolf Creek Energy Plant to keep their energy going, to keep the electricity running for our homes. And now those people feel like they're about to get a slap in the face. That they're no Which they certainly are from this administration. Yeah, that's a joke. But but I do Longer like essential- I do like the angle. I, I mean I I definitely think it's it's good to, you know, literally want to shut it down 
if they're going to continue with these mandates. It has to be done. There's something has to happen because there's, I understand the threats. Yeah, I understand the threats and like the trying to coerce people into getting getting this done because maybe they think it's actually the right thing to do. But at the same time, the a cataclysmic event that's going to be all these people losing their jobs and the strain that it's going to cause on the country is just ridiculous. It's not it's not worth it. It's not beneficial for something that has a one percent. Morbidity, so maybe right? this is the plan all along. Yeah, you know? that's the goal. They well, want to collapse. You want to? Yeah. I mean, if you want to get to the uh, point where you own nothing everything. and you're happy about it, then yeah, maybe. Are we eating bugs? Yeah, I, I just got comfortable with all my friends, like my close friends, my normal friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that you know they were gonna, they weren't gonna get the vaccine, and everything was settled. But now I have this feeling like some of them might just cave now because of this. Like all that hard work I did trying to convince them, show them, give them information, educate them on what's happening. I feel like I might lose a couple over this. Yeah. And and I definitely know that feeling that you're feeling. We're watching people cave every single day. Yeah. And and I've asked a couple people about it. You know, they go home and they're like, they're like, bro, I tuck in my kids at night. He's like, I look around the room. They have all their stuff. Like I have like my stuff is my house, like my cars. He's like, I don't know if I could go to work one day and then like leave work and not have work anymore because of this. And I was like, well, you know, at, at some point you're going to have to make it's a personal choice. But, and he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people aren't dying and you know, people are dying, but not like dying, dying. I'm just like, well, dying's pretty much dying. You I know? understand yeah. it's so difficult for people, but at the same time, if they are, if these people are aware of the dangers of this vaccine, I like, you should rather, I would obviously, but you should rather lose your fucking job instead of potentially losing your life. And if you lose your life, your children are not going to have a fucking parent to take well, care yeah. of. Anyway. Regardless. Like, what is exactly? a percentage on that? What percentage are you willing to risk to leave your child without a parent? Things like I rather live in my fucking car and be alive and have my children have a parent than, you know, potentially. This is literally the conversation like me and my husband had, because he, uh, both of us are military and he put in his religious exemption um, and that was the thing is he, you know, he fights with himself every day, but he's like, no matter what, I will not get it because he's like in his family line, there's history of heart issues. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my thing is, is we have two kids. And if I were to get this, who knows what's going to happen to me today or tomorrow or down the line. And yeah. it brings up underlying issues from this vaccine. And I'm not going to be there then for my kids. So why would I risk that? And if it means risking my job, that's fine. You know, I can find something else to do. Or, you know, maybe I won't. And maybe I'll just be there with my family. That's the thing. Every, You know, like, as long as you have your life, you can figure everything else out. I mean, once you're dead or you're disabled, that it's that's it. Like, yeah. yeah. Change it. Well, yeah. even not going to that the extreme of potentially dying from it. It's like, well, when are you willing to stand up and say that this isn't right and this isn't something that yeah, should of be course, done? Of course. Like, regardless yeah. of whether or not anything bad happened to me whatsoever, I know for a fact that I can not do this and I will not do this. Mm-hmm. And if more people would stand up and say that and stand their ground, then we wouldn't be in the position we're at. This would have been over already. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, it's happening. More people are standing up and it obviously, but I mean, it'd be nicer if they just started doing it a lot more, you know? Like yeah. well, at just... the beginning of last year, I, I saw what was happening and I, I, I felt kind of hopeless because I was like, there's no way 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just felt like it could go on forever. But now a year later, I'm actually surprised at how many people are awake now. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be so like many. This. I it's thought so that I was going to be fighting and grinding online and trying to tell my family and my friends. But now it's like it's in the airwaves mm-hmm. and it's kind of the ball is rolling now. Well, a lot of people never like thought it was going to get to this point. They never thought elections, right? because all the yeah. people who are currently in power assured us that it fucking wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even the vaccinated people like stepping up and rising up with the people that don't want to get jabbed, you know, which yeah. is really cool. Well, yeah. You know, the, the whole my choice thing kind of. Yeah. Pretty cool. This wouldn't be my an episode, body your choice. This wouldn't yeah. be an episode of steak for breakfast if we weren't going to end on a positive note. And I can't think <laughs> of anything bigger to end on than. Big Dick Ron DeSantis, Ooh. <laughs> who after nearly a year of pressure from state senators like Anthony Sabatini, who's currently running for a U.S. congressional house seat, finally announced this week that not only were they opening up an office of election integrity, nice, that they would be charging people moving forward with felonies. Ooh. Now, it was a joyous press conference, but didn't necessarily... Go the way you might think it would be when a governor <laughs> is running a press conference for about a thousand constituents. We're going to hear about the election integrity first, oh. and then we're going to hear how it ended. Like a solemn thing to vote in person, but then you have these 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 mail ballots, and somehow you can have someone have a stack of fifty ballots. That's just not right. So we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen in Florida, and I think that. And I think if the legislature takes these steps, and there may be some other things that we do as we get into the session and get some other ideas, uh, but I'm really excited about having uh, actual ability to enforce. What you want to do, you want to make it very clear what's not allowed, and then if there's violations, the people are held to count. And I guarantee you this, the first person that gets caught, no one's going to want to do it again after that because they know that there's going to be enforcement. Okay, so yeah, I like it. Seems like a good thing. I like it too. But uh, he did think that moving forward and probably legally, there might be some pushback or legal challenges. Mm-hmm. And that's when the presser kind of went in the direction of like an episode of Steak for Breakfast. <laughs> Uh, if you look at that, if you look at what's going on with, with some of the big corporations with their woke agenda, when you look at the Biden, the Brandon administration, in oh! terms of what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he made himself laugh. That's awesome. <laughs> Incredible. That was the most honest laugh I've ever heard. You know, I don't even know, like, do you know how that started? Like, it was, and, and like, you know, you have the media, they're hand-wringing over this, um, but, you know, it was at a NASCAR race, and they're doing an interview with a driver, I guess his name was Brandon, and the crowd starts chanting very colorful language about Joe Biden. And it was obvious that that they were doing. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. First of all, they said way worse about Trump for four years. We know that. Um, yeah. But so they're chanting this. And so you have a reporter from NBC mm. who knows that's what they're saying. 
and she's trying to cover for Biden. So she says, yeah, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> and that was a lie. And it was a lie. And so the, this chant, I think, has taken on a life of its own because it exposes... Uh, the dishonesty of these corporate reporters and what they do every day to try to lie. Mm -hmm. And so now you see it. But bottom line is we've got a lot of things that, that, that we're facing. We've now seen after Virginia, people are... So definitely ended on a positive note. Yeah, I like it. With that one. Having Beautiful. not only like a uh, let's go Brandon chant and being called the Brandon administration, but a history <laughs> lesson. Sure. I'll yeah, just, you one guys know, my I, new let's go Brandon. Yes, I, I do. Just found out um I just found out like the other day that I went to church with Brandon's grandfather. His name was Orville Pennington. Okay, and sounds I was about like, right. I worked construction with him when I was like a teenager. What? The Brandon guy? Yeah, yeah, I went to church with his grandfather. Oh, did you work construction with Brandon or his grandfather? No, no, I worked construction with his grandfather. Oh, okay. Wow, that's when wow. I was like a teenager. It was like one of my first like a side job over the summer. You know, <laughs> did you talk to him about the, the let's go Brandon thing? Well, he's not around anymore. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's an older guy, he's not around anymore. But yeah, I found out the other day. What a coincidence! Um, wow, yeah, Bethel, Bethel Baptist Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. Hmm. That's funny. Wow, wow, that is, that is pretty crazy. Small world, good story. Yeah, I like good, it. Good story, reverse. Hey, reverse. What the actual Brandon <laughs> thinks of all this? <laughs> well, he's I can't like, see it anyway. Oh, he's he's so, in a wheelchair and a quadriplegic, so I really don't think he cares. In his lifetime, like, I know he's like one of the most popular people ever. <laughs> it reverse. He already knew what they were chanting, and he was just like, oh, "Yeah, he should, he should get some Let's Go Brandon underoos." Like you know, like doing the merch and stuff. <laughs> they should like if he's if he's on our team though. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey, Reverse, before we get into our outro, why don't you tell everybody a little announcement you've got going on with some, uh, you know, it seems like you're going to be joining the community a little bit more here real soon. Yeah, huge announcement. Um, I'm going to be launching a podcast of my own. Nice. Um, coming up uh, on the 17th, I'm launching my website. Imagine that. Clientparty.com. And uh, I got a big trip coming up uh, with We The People Radio and Sheep No More. We're, uh, we're going to get to meet basically all the big patriots and interview um everybody at the reawakening america tour in san antonio so nice. excited nice yep. that's awesome and we it's going to be from the 10th to the 14th yeah I, I i saw your teaser i want to go to another one podcast yeah so do i yeah why aren't you coming oh because we're not fired yet and and we're not independently wealthy <laughs> <laughs> two huge major hey. factors yeah and, i mean uh, one's good one's bad <laughs> Hey, you want to know what? What? They're all good. Mm -hmm. Kind of a marathon today and a little bit of a shit show. But for three people, <laughs> well, for two ladies who were a little bit nervous coming in, boy, did you guys get your points across today. I am impressed to say the least. So. Okay. No, I'm going to tell you this. You guys are always welcome. And have a home on Steak for Breakfast podcast. We're all in this community together. I consider all three of you family in addition to my podmates. Um, I'm going to go around the table right now so we can get everybody's social media information. Reverse, I'll start with you. Where can we find you? 
So uh, Reverse Mockingbird Project uh, on Instagram is pretty much shadow banned to hell. Perfect. So <laughs> better off to find me at the Defiant Party on Instagram. And we'll live link uh, that in the description. What's that? We're going to live link everything in the description for the show, perfect, too. Perfect. Miss Truth on Draft, where can we find you? Um, so I'm using my main account. It's at Truth on Draft. Um, real side note though, I do have a, another account, truthandraft.otg, off the grid. Um, it's kind of just connecting patriots, those going through, like across the states, going through some rough times with jobs, healthcare, um, schools for their kids. But it's just a connecting page for those online, so. And we'll get all those accounts in there as well. You're doing a lot of great work in the Patriot community. Miss Esther, where can we find you on social media? Well, currently on my sixth account on Instagram with a new name. Um, Reverse and I met a long time ago um, under a different one. But now I'm the calling of Esther on Instagram. On Twitter, I still use my old Twitter name from before I was terminated. Uh, uh, Sweet T1776. And sometimes I post on Telegram and Operation War Room. I like it. Well, I know where we could follow the Steak for Podcast Breakfast and the Steak for Breakfast Podcast. You could find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcast, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review. Don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Show credits to this week, obviously of the National Pulse, Mr. Raheem Kassam. First time on the show, guaranteed he'd be coming back. Um, in addition to Truth on Draft, Miss Bree, The Calling of Esther, and Reverse Mockingbird from the Defiant Party account as well. I just followed. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks, don't, for, don't forget our sponsors. American Small Businesses, we help them be great again. Odyssey, audio, headphones, podcasting, in-studio recording, or gaming. Get with them, odyssey.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Stay ready to your holsters. I guess I didn't say it cool enough last week. They make melted plastic great again. How's that, Noah? I like it. You can put a picture of Noah on it if you want. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> How about your dog? All right. He's cute. Uh, they're at stayreadygear.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Man rubs. It's almost turkey time. Mm. Hey, Noah. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yep. Shake it. Rub it. What are we going to do this week? We'll deep fry it. Yeah. Mm. Stuff it. Oh. Giblets gravy. Num, num, num. Manrubs.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Go get some guns. You always need ammo. There's no excuses. He's got cases. He's got cleaning kits. You name it. Mike's got it. He's at westcoastsurvivalarms.com, 619-870-6992 via the telephone, and on Facebook Messenger at the same name. I think he's going to branch into... Boating equipment soon or no? Boating licenses. Boating maybe. licenses, yeah. Uh, mediocre Medic and Zero Fucks Duck Home, dumpbox.us. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. They're at mediocremedic.com. They love their Instagram. And Mark Joe Friday, owner operator and CEO of dumpbox.us. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They've got the Zero Fucks Duck. If you don't know, DM Mark. He'll tell you. Yeah, he sure will. Upcoming shows. On Tuesday, we're going to circle back with Kyle Becker. He was pretty fire last time, and I'm excited to have him on. Uh, next Friday, we're going to have Robbie Starbuck, congressional candidate out of Tennessee, and Miss Elizabeth Jade, formerly of Playboy and Maxim. 
She's going to be joining us as a guest host. Dang. The following week, we're going to have an episode dedicated solely to the border, but we'll be reporting on all the news. We're going to have Jorge Ventura, who's just released through the Daily Caller his documentary on the border, in addition to Miss Natalie Denise. going to nice. be a fun show. On the 26th of November, we're going to have congressional candidate, now that I found out, out of my home district in New Jersey, Trisha Flanagan. Nice. From the uh, Storm and Ocean County Division. And on the 30th of November, to round out the month, no better guest to have than Mr. Zuby. I like it. Uh, Friends of the Week, Real Brenda Memes X, that Southern dude, the Duke of Memes. Dank Elvis came through this week. Snack Nicholson, (laughs) whose backup account Noah loves even more, uncharted territory. So good. Mostly peaceful memes, grand old memes, Richard, Ratboy, Babycakes 2.0, we miss you. Please make it 3.0 soon. Yeah, what the hell? Guys, before we cut out today on this marathon episode of Steak for Breakfast, a couple things we need you to do between now and Tuesday. It's going to be a long weekend, maybe the start of a dark winter. You got to persevere. Do your own research. A lot of research goes into the making of this show. If you don't like our narrative, too bad. Yeah, stop listening because it's the real one. And then go do your own research and tell us we're wrong. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Ice your balls. Let's see what happens. But most importantly, where we go one, we go all. Like I've already mentioned, we'll be back on Tuesday with Kyle Becker. This has been episode 79 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan. Noah? Later. Have a great weekend. Miss Antoinette? Hi, guys. Lovely as usual. And all of our guests today, Truth on Draft, Reverse Mockingbird, and The Calling of Esther. Thanks for joining us, and take care. Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. I want to have a talk with your old grandma. You're still having control problems, aren't you? I just don't feel confident, Harvey. Come with me. I want to let you in on a little secret. Here we are. Oops, I crapped my pants. Pants. I've heard of those. Do they work? Oops, I crapped my pants. Outperformed every bladder and bowel control product on the market today. Here, let me show you. Now imagine this pitcher of iced tea is really a gallon of your feces. Now see how its super thick fluff filter allows for maximum absorbency without leaking. I'm impressed. Oops, I crapped my pants can hold a lot of dung. And get this. Oops, I crapped my pants are biodegradable. Now, that's good for the environment. Say, how do you know so much about oops, I crapped my pants? I'm wearing them, and I just did. Thanks, oops, I crapped my pants. Visit your local pharmacist and just say, oops, I crapped my pants. From Procter & Gamble.